Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Good evening, brothers and sisters of the leaf. Coming to you live from the sandy, sun-drenched beaches of Valverde, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight, the boys take a chance on the 2017 unofficial sequel to the action classic Commando, known simply as No Chance. It's a surprisingly good film, so it's a good thing we matched it with an unsurprisingly good cigar, the classic Cuban Monte Cristo No. 2, paired with pint after pint of the Long Range Pills from Revolver Brewing Company. So, do you think with a goofball Arnold comedy, a tasty cigar, and copious amounts of beer, there's any chance that your favorite crew of lovable numbnuts won't have a fantastic time tonight? No chance. So sit back, folks, light them up, and enjoy the show. Episode 98. Episode 98! Alright. Oh, my voice got so high just then. That's 98! Episode 98! What do you guys think of when I say the number 98? 98. Uh, two more episodes, Tut, and you owe me a Coke. <laughs> okay. I believe that was you owe me some Coke. We, we call it a Coke. Uh, well, for one, it's the highest jersey number that a player can have after they retired 99 for Wayne Gretzky. I did not know that. But uh, me, I associate the number 98 with the one and only 98 Degrees. 98 Degrees, of course, an all-American pop and contemporary R&B vocal group consisting of four extremely talented vocalists, brothers Nick and Drew Lachey, and their friends Justin Jeffrey, Jeff Timmons. Don't sleep on Timmons. He's a beast on the falsetto parts. Tut, you'll back me up on that. He'll get you. You make me sick. Uh, who's y'all's favorite boys band? Boy band. The fuck happened to the show, man? We started off with such promise. Say? The Ghetto Boys? I'm going to go Color Me Bad. Dude, any one of them Ooh. sons of bitches couldn't hold a candle to the Bay City Rollers. Bay City Rollers right Saturday there. Saturday night. Saturday. Were they a boy band in their day? Well, they didn't call them that back then because people weren't stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I still think Color Me Bad was better than the Bay City Rollers. I was being facetious. Supported, 
Think about it. Cut Me Bad, supported vocally by the highly underrated second tenor Sam Waters and baritone Who? Kevin Thornton. Who? They help make hits like I Want to Sex You Up and the sultry I Adore Me Amor, the love soundtrack to my steamy summer of 1991. You know, I thought that we had some credibility as a show, but if we did, we don't anymore. We're just trying to spread our, our base, our, our wings of conversation a little bit, talk about something we don't normally get into. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's good. You, you guys yeah. don't like boy bands? Was NWA considered a boy band? No. No, they were they were gangster rap. Well, they were boy men. <laughs> they, were, they were men as boys. Which boys to men was actually a boy band. Yeah. Which is weird. Now that we saw the posters form everywhere in Vegas, they're like all old, but they're still called boys to men. Sydney. Well, technically, it's a perfect name because when they were boys, they were becoming men. Now that they're men, they can say that Go ahead, Todd, express yeah. yourself. Oh, I was just going to be like, sitting in Texas doing a podcast. Hot as balls and I'm sweating my ass. That's a little bit of Tuttle T. If something, I, if something I did in the last two minutes led to that, I'm sorry. <laughs> doctor, doctor, you're right. This was uh, The boys at the table are always hard. I'm so sorry. Welcome everybody to the Tuesday Night Scar Club episode. Oh, I got more. Episode 98. No, 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 no. I can do this for two more. Down the street episodes. in my six foe, about I, to walk out the corner's front door. I have a big problem in movies whenever a white person does rap or recites raps. And if I ever start to think maybe I'm off base with that, I'm gonna watch what you just did, and it's gonna cement everything I've. Nope, still right. Uh, That's wrong. That's wrong, man. Maybe we should form a boy band. Color us sloshed. Too drunk to care. That's a good one. Yeah. Too drunk to care. Really With the number two. Too drunk, too care, all one word. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, that is good. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> not in your eyes. It's something there. Let's rent that down. Let's uh, doctor, if you could next week kind of put some calls out there see if anybody wants to sign us I to was a just picturing a cover art of the four of us sitting there in various stages of inebriation and a half empty keg and, you know yeah. but with half shirts that's what they wear like half t-shirts okay now I'm out showing our abs I'm totally down for that uh, well if you're still listening don't blame me for not uh, we're going to do tonight what we do every episode we're going to pair a premium cigar with some craft beers and a movie and I have a feeling this one's going to be good Yax, is there a chance this one won't be great? There's no chance. There is no chance. Uh, Doctor, you might want to click that about three times is what I've been doing. Uh, take off enough. Uh, as everyone clips and... and Number two. And, uh, clips their cigars and takes a sip of beer. Um, three. We've got a big show, so I'm going to get right to the cigar. Introduce this bad boy. Okay. This is the Monte Cristo number two. Number two. Number two. By Habanos S.A., a Cuban Monte Cristo number two. 6.1 by 52. You say a Cuban? A Cuban. Like an actual I say a little uh, Habana now? Um, under the Monte Cristo. The, <laughs> these have been authenticized by a very... I believe it's authenticated, but... I've heard, I've heard of both ways. ways. Um, no, you haven't. Box code GOSOST18. He's from October of 2018. Had a little age on him. Little, I mean, less than a year. Um, say price point for later. Why did I choose the legendary Monte Cristo number two for tonight's show? Arguably one of the most popular 
uh, Cuban cigars, mm-hmm. pretty, I would say, safe to say, one of the most popular Cuban Monte Cristos. Because it is, by all accounts, Arnold Schwarzenegger's favorite go-to Cuban cigar. I actually saw him smoking one this weekend. And Where were you guys? Thanks for inviting me, <laughs> asshole. Uh, I saw a picture of oh. him smoking with other people. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, but, you know, it's it's the same as me being there. He loves them. Uh, and just like our Death Kiss episode, where we paired a fake Charles Bronson with a real oh. Cuban Partagas, tonight we're going to pair a fake Arnold with a real Cuban Monte Cristo. Does that make sense at all? No, we're going to go with it's it. It's a pattern I mean, I'm trying to... It's Trying to follow here. It the real sense. with the fake. The real with the fake. The fake with the real. Yes. And as everyone knows, next time we're going to do a real movie with a fake cigar. Yes. Really? And drink water. Oh, no. That's going to be horrible. Uh, that's episode 100. I just... Sorry, I just ruined the surprise. Oh. Uh, but no. Um, Cuban... Fake Cubans are a gazillion dollar industry. These are real. So... Um, oh, it smells nice. It does. Doctors, smoke is just... Mmm. Okay. Um, so that's what we're smoking? Yes, what are we drinking? Beer. As always. Tonight's movie... Does that bit ever get old? <laughs> what are we drinking, my oldest friend? We have two choices this evening. From Revolver Brewing out of Granbury. <sighs> Granbury. 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 That's up your way, Doc. Uh, not too far. Yeah. Revolver beers. Our movie tonight has a lot of guns in it. Ha! Huh. Okay, I got that. They have some famous dinosaur footprints there. Really? Yes. In Granbury. Yes. Interesting. Dinosaur footprints. Hmm. It's new to me. Now i got to go look at dinosaur footprints. Uh, Peter Mayhew was making his home there for a while until his recent passing. Chewbacca. Oh. Yes. Are you sure they weren't just his footsteps? It could be. It could be. He's a big guy. Just fooled everybody into thinking it was a triceratops. He's a big man. That all makes sense now. Go ahead, Yex. From uh, Revolver Brewing, they uh, started in 2012. All right. They had apparently came on Gangbusters, and in 2016 they got they they were purchased by the Miller Coors. Conglomerate and their their beer has been since taken, I believe, on the to the national level. Uh, they are most famously known for their uh, blood and honey American ale. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not a fan of that one. Not, no. a, not a fan of it either. Yeah. So everything that everybody else likes, we don't want to like that. <laughs> one, so. It's a very unique tasting beer. I'll give it that. It is. Uh, but I'm. But we will be enjoying this evening the. Uh, Long Range uh, Pilsner. Okay. Or Pils. That's our main beer tonight. Yes. Um, it is a... Uh, uh, it's a German-style Pilsner. Uh, uh, only about uh, 4.8% ABV. Uh, about 25 IBUs. Uh, right, right in the standard Pilsner range. So we're basically drinking water tonight. Yes. Yes. Just... Just a big glass of colored like water. It. But then also we have, as always, an IPA. A little something. A uh, little something. The yeah, Hop Device. Okay. I'm not sure why they call it the Hop Device. Okay. But Is that a little bit uh, more oomph to it? 
It is. It is a hazy IPA, which has become it's a hazy sort of a, IPA. a you know, look around, a little trendier, but it's you know uh, slightly unfiltered, so hence hazy. Okay. It's hazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought it would be like something like super awesome. Oh, hazy. That's got to be something. Yeah. No, it's just, so we can save money by not filtering it. Oh, sweet. Uh, that's how they cut the corners. Well, I think there's. It, it gives something to the flavor, but... I should probably drink them all. I don't want you guys to get hazy on me. No. I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy a delicious... That's true. I got a test coming up, so... Uh, college boys got a it. test to get hazy for. That's right. All right. Was he just singing Hazy Shade of Winter over there? He was. No. That was Doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be used on the... The springtime of my life. <laughs> well, that one is less... It is more... Look a, around. Trees are like brown. A, like a European IPA. Yeah. Like 3540 IPAs. Uh, ABV? Uh, 5.2. Springtime of my... Okay. Uh, you, 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 you don't have to hide the disappointment on your face. Hazy shade of... We've done, uh, we've done some powerful beers lately, so this is definitely a step uh, away from that. But hey, Well, but it is also getting warmer It's here. Central Texas in June. That's why I like it. Um... Yeah, I mean it's it's certainly it was busting hot today. It was busting nuts hot today. Got to stay hydrated. Balls hot. You got to stay hydrated. Doctor, is this the time of year where you really want to stay hydrated with lots of beers? That is that is absolutely correct. Would you Kate. recommend, as far as taking liquids on a hot day, beer is the go-to? I would say absolutely yes. Okay. I mean, why would you want to do anything else? No Gatorade, water, no, no, no. <laughs> water, fish pee in that. <laughs> He's right. He is. He's always right. Science. Okay. So, wait, wait, wait. Science. Science. That'll make a lot more sense when I get to our movie. Uh, hi, uh, tell you just lit up. Man, these cigar smells wonderful. Yeah, and I really love the cold draw. I love there was a little bit of hint of sweetness on the on the cold draw. That was a the axis not in agreement on yes. the sweetness. It was a it was an interesting sweetness because it was kind of like between like sweet sweet and cinnamon sweet. So there was like a little bit of spice into it as well. So I really love that cold draw. Doctor, what are you? Are you enjoying it? Very much so. Um, I actually believe I had a Cuban Monte Cristo once, but it was so long ago that I do not remember it, but I remember thoroughly enjoying it. This this has a great a great smell, very nice, easy draw. I get a little mm-hmm. of the sweetness on it. Uh, I am getting a, a nice burn on the nose. Not... Did you get it? Is it just Objection? me, or is it like a really soft bread after the retrohale? Uh, usually, when I after I retrohale through my nose, I've already exited all the smoke out of my mouth. Do you like blow a little bit of smoke out and keep some in your mouth? No, it's just like a really kind of like after you retrohale, then there's like this little wave of of bread that kind of hangs around. Oh, it's no, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting breadiness on the palate. Um. It's definitely got a, a, a cracker. Um, what, are you getting like a, a specific bread, multigrain? No, it's not like Wonder Bread's popping up here, but okay. uh, it'd be cool if it getting did. Getting a but, lightly you know. buttered English muffin. You guys getting pizza crust? I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> pizza crust. No, no, no. It, it is a bready smoke no. uh, with, a, with a, right. a nice tingle on the nose. I'm not getting I'm getting not a lot more than after. It's, got, it's just got a really nice aroma. Yeah, uh, yeah, it does. Uh, I would say this, um, having been around the... Cigar message boards for a few years now. I 
wanted to make sure we smoked these correctly. I smoked one straight out of my humidor the other night to give it a test run. It was a little soft. Uh, they do say with Cuban cigars, either store them at a lower humidity than our cigars, yeah. low 60s. Um, whereas 70-ish range is... I, I keep my humidors as close as I can, around 68% okay. um, percent humidity. They say your stories or uh, dry box them, which is a day or two before you're going to smoke them. Take them out, put them uh, in a non-humidified container for, uh, for a few days. So I actually took these out of my humidor yesterday, put them in a little sealed travel humidor with no Bovita packs yeah. or anything, and just... Uh, and I can already tell a difference. So you're saying if you store them at the normal humidity that we normally do it, dry box it for a few days before you smoke it. I drove out of these for one day. Okay. Um, and it seems to have helped a little bit. It's it's not nearly as uh, it had a little sponginess to it, and a little the burn was a little hot. And this has okay. definitely seemed to have uh, it seems to have worked to mellow it out a little bit. Interesting. Smoking experience wise, so. We're here to educate as well as entertain, folks. It's kind of a nice little soft softness to it. I like it. Not not softness as in texture. I'm just talking as in presence. Yeah, no, it's a it's definitely not a, a strong. Um, hell, right now it's not even a medium cigar. Um, uh, although, if the other night repeats itself, it'll creep creep up there a little bit. Yeah. Um, but the bready. You get anything else besides the breadiness and the? It was you know like Tut said. I had that that sweetness on the cold draw. It had a really strong aroma of like uh, cut hay. Um, but I wasn't tasting like like hay through the cold draw. Just on the aroma. Just had yeah. that in the aroma. Uh, since I've lit up right now, I mean I'm just literally started, so I'm not really picking up too much that sweetness. Right there, lingering just a little bit, real. It, it, you know, after lighting up, it's incredibly faint. But I'm not, I'm not into anything other than that just yet. No, prettiness, and I, I'm starting to get a little bit of vanilla. That's nice. I got some wood and lead, but that's because I had bitten to the pencil. You're smoking your pencil, <laughs> doctor. We told you about that. Uh, are you okay? I'm fine. I think. Okay. 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 That's just graphite. It's not actual lead anymore. Uh, this is se- This is our second Cuban cigar this year. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Why not? Um. So we got the gun beer. We've got Arnold cigar. What movie could we possibly be doing? Uh, an Arnold or Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Any? No, I'm asking you guys. I lost my notes and I got drunk last night. What oh, movie? What okay. movie are we doing? We're doing Commando. Close. That would be fantastic. We are doing a film called No Chance. No Chance. Which is a fan made? Is this like... I mean, mm-hmm. what's, Technically, what? this is a fan film, a fan made sequel to the original Commando. Although we're usually fan films are regulated to YouTube because they can't make money off other characters and... And you know music, and they yeah. just throw it up on YouTube, which we've kind of done ourselves a couple times. Yeah. Uh, go to our page; you can see the unreliables. We spoofed the Expendables. We did Hipster spoofing. I those were avant-garde masterpieces. <laughs> hey, I'm with you, dog. They are avant-garde masterpieces. But this one actually is on Amazon Prime, and it's it's out there. You know. How did that happen? I don't know. I will say this, uh, and I, I'll probably mention it again in my notes here. I tried like hell via social media to get the director of this film to come on with us. 
I sent him messages on Instagram. I sent messages on Facebook. I hung no outside chance. his house in the rain the other night several hours. <laughs> I didn't even get it. got the boom box I, out there. I didn't even get a no chance. Put a headless rabbit in his mailbox. <laughs> hey, if he would have responded no chance, that would have been awesome. <laughs> no, uh, I, I couldn't get through to the guy huh. because I have a lot of questions. Followed his daughter to school. I have a lot of questions about this movie, and we're just not going to get answers. So, uh, I, I was really wondering. I mean, it's you know just in terms of this film, was it was it shot like in you know was it like a bunch of you know short films like or episodes, and then they stitched it together? No, so I, to think, speak, I think because it was a, I, I think this was a, a full really full production. production. I, I all I know is this. Three things. This is all I can give you. It's written by Jason Chilton, who also stars in the film as Barrett, the spoof oh, okay. of Bennett, yeah. the ah. lead bad guy in Commando. He wrote it. Okay. And uh. it's directed by a guy named Matt uh, Poitras. The third thing I know, and this is all you're going to get, fellas, it was completely shot in Texas. Which surprised me. It it's not because there was an outdoor scene that I was like that, that kind looks of looks like Austin. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> did. I was kind of like, you know what? There's not a lot of between that and hipster. That's all we got. Okay. I wish we had more answers. I've got a lot of questions, but well, let me strap up before we get on this. Strap up. Oh jeez. So this guy. Freaking props. I go. I tried. Doctor, now would be a perfect time to tell us what you try to do valiantly. And you well, let's just say ra- that when you, I get back you home... You deserve a round of applause for when this. When I get back home tomorrow, there's probably going to be a sleeveless chainmail tank top. Oh uh, my god, that would have been awesome. Doctor had a few drinks the other night. <laughs> I encouraged... <laughs> uh, you know me, I encouraged you guys to step up. Tada, I like the... Uh, Headband. Did you go to? Did you get it from DaddyBear.com? Uh, I ordered it through Amazon, and this was called the. What was it called? The Bennett, the Barrett. Your Amazon.com order of the Nasir Ali aluminum chain tank top. <laughs> All right, uh, cost me forty-seven dollars. The thing was going to be pretty sweet. It still hey. is, my friend. Hey. It still is. That's We're going to put it to some good use. The onus is on me now to find a movie to use that for. <laughs> Do, 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 do. Sorry, baby. Uh, I've got to watch things I wouldn't normally watch now. Uh, <laughs> it's for it's for the show, I swear. Uh, doctor would have been a little warm to wear that too long well, this evening. You but, uh, worn it for the first hour at least. I would have. Uh, then you could have worn it. and Pass it around. You might have any chance to get any fingerless gloves to go along. Oh, with I was gonna. It. I was oh, gonna go all gonna, out. I was. You know the doctor. He doesn't half-ass anything. <laughs> well, except his doctoring. Hey, I was using my whole ass. <laughs> How's that lawsuit going? Can't talk about it in public. Okay. Uh, were you guys ready to talk about this crazy movie and why it's crazy and how, why does this thing exist and how did it? we not know it existed? Do it. Hit it. Yes. I'm... All right. Uh, real, real quick, while I get another beer... Um, I'll, t- I'll go ahead and take one to keep you from... Uh, I want you to give us some links, Tuck. Coming back to the web. Hey, uh, by the way, if you're going to do some shopping on Amazon, if you're going to buy your very own Bennett Chainmail tank top, just like the doctor oh, did... Oh, doctor, did you go to the TNCC website and click on our link before you bought the vest? As far as you know. As far as we know, go to the TuesdayNightCigarClub.com website, click on the Amazon banner, do your shopping from there. It doesn't cost you anything. It helps us keep our lights on from uh, the thing called the affiliates. Uh, If you're going to uh, watch us on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. 
doesn't take a lot of effort. Just hit the subscribe. You can find us at Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Also, if you're going to be uh, tooling around on the Instagrams, then uh, find us at TNCC underscore podcast. A lot of good-looking pictures up on there. Uh, join us always on Facebook. Sometimes we'll do some live stuff. You get to see it uh, on there, some contest. You can find us at Tuesday Night Cigar Club there. And, by the way, if you're going to buy some nice little cigars, go to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, click on the Famous Smoke Shop banner, shop from there, and then when you have to get to the checkout, hit TNCC20. If you go to our website and click on it, it automatically applies the discount. You don't you have know to. What? You don't that's even have to do that, you lazy fuckers. Ball fuckers. <laughs> i got to type in what? Nope. Tut style. Do it for you. <laughs> Tut style. I don't need to save that much if it makes me... Yeah. Um, just keeping an eye out for our own. Uh, exactly. Uh, thank you, Tut. See, I get 20% if I type in these initials. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no chance. 2017. Uh, technically, it's not 20%. You need to uh, spend $100 and you get $20 back, which is kind of like 20%. That's true. we got to spend money to make money, right? True. That doesn't really apply here either, does it? Speaking of which, telling me that. hey, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. That's and speaking right. of which, we're not filling up the, the boot tonight for him. I, I got a real negative response by Todd about it, so I was like, you know what, we got a big show here. I'm going to. But we can talk about it. it. We got a big show. I just want to briefly mention we lost Bushwick Bill since our last show. One of the key ingredients of the Ghetto Boys, a seminal Houston rock, uh, sorry, rap group uh, from Mincy and I have listened to them ad nauseum in our youth. Uh, everybody knows me, you know, mind playing tricks on me and all that, but they. We listened to those first two albums just on repeat uh, growing up. And then, Mincy, you I know you were a big fan of his solo album. Yeah, he had a solo album. If it don't make dollars, it don't, don't make, make sense. sense. Uh, and I really wanted to fill the boot because I that's about the size he would wear. It looked like a little book, Bushwick boot. Oh, man. Uh, Not even cold in the ground yet. Come well, that's on. another reason why I passed. I was like, that'd be a tasteless joke, which I just went ahead and made. Um, but no, he was a cool cat. And um, by all accounts... Apparently, uh, he used to go to some Mexican, you'll appreciate this, our old friend Joe Turner from uh, grade school and high school, told a really funny story on Facebook. He used to go after work every day to this Mexican restaurant to get happy hour margaritas or whatever and sit and read. And He said Bushwick Bill would sneak over and steal his cigarettes. When he was in town, he was, I didn't ask him like he was, like he was like so small that he just like... <laughs> he just see his little hand. His little hand grab him. But he's like, I just always remember how happy I was that Bushwick Bill was stealing, his stealing my cigarettes. And uh, <laughs> I thought that was a really cool That's story. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, he was he was essential to that band, uh, which was one of the first, you know, they were not a boy band. They were... He I read was, like a long literary essay about mind playing tricks on me and like all the different, you know... It's an awesome song. Well, they they were just such a uh, an eclectic group of these four guys. You know, Willie D, Scarface, Bushwick Bill, and I forget the other guy. And the other guy, he's like that tenor that nobody knows. (laughs) Um, Carreras, damn it! Every group has that. Who was the guy at NWA? Nobody knew his name. Uh, Yellow Boy. Yeah, no, right. MC Ren? No, uh, Yellow Boy was who I was thinking. of. MC Ren was. Everyone knows Ren. You couldn't do NWA without MC Ren. Yellow boy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> not in trouble now, are we? He went by Yellow Boy, DJ Yellow. DJ Yellow. Yeah. Yeah. He was awesome, by the way. He was DJ Yellow was awesome. And so is that other guy in the Ghetto Boys that we don't know who he is. <laughs> He's a big dude too. Uh, 
All right, let's get out of this. No, uh, it, was just, it was just Ren, Dre, Ice Cube, Easy E. Oh, no, 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 it's not about the Ghetto Boys. I was, oh, try, I was trying to yeah, think of the, like the, the, the fourth member. Dropping these and, motherfucking uh, bees on him. He's a real big dude. We're a little derby. Oh, this is the one. I think he actually does like my favorite lyric. Uh, uh, Live and die by the sword. Every day I'm paranoid. No, Scarface. Oh, that was Scarface? That was Scarface. Oh, okay. That sounded like Judy Dench sings Ghetto Boys. <laughs> yeah, no more singing for me tonight. Especially I'm just that, getting warmed up. Don't do up, any man. Brett Michaels with that headband on. I'm getting warmed up. Uh, all right. Um, Mama's once I get into movie voice, I'm not stopping except for two brief commercial breaks where we'll talk about the cigar, unless you guys have some earlier. Hit it. So, are you ready? Yes. Is no there a chance. chance that you're not ready? There's... No chance. <laughs> we start off with historic footage of the country of Valverde sometime in the 1980s. That's what it says, sometime in the 1980s. A male Hispanic voiceover is telling us about how his great courageous father, President Arias, uh, who had huevos grandes. That means big eggs, which means big balls. Uh, I took some Spanish in high school was a successful dictator of this small, beautiful country until the American bastards, especially one big bastard in particular, John Mantrix. Mantrix. Of course, in the original Commando, it's John Matrix. Here we have John Mantrix. uh, Took his father down. Once he decided to return from exile and retake his country, using the very man who helped take it from him, Mantrix, we realized that we are smack dab. And I didn't know where this was going before I got into this movie watching it. We're smack dab in the middle of the storyline from the original Commando. As the opening credits roll, we're shown basically a reenactment of the final act of Commando using a new cast. Uh, New Matrix, i.e. Mantrix. New Bennett, who's now Barrett. New Jenny, now known as Chenny, C-H-E-N-N-Y. You get the idea. It's pretty impressive from a production standpoint. The location's great, as matching the compound from the original film. Uh... Easily reminds you of Valverde. There's lots of rapid machine gun fire, which looks really good. They're clearly not using spray-painted toy guns like we use on our little films. But they way, also, way to give it away. <laughs> but they also add in some new footage not included in the original film, like Arius's wife and son witnessing his death when Mantrix That's actually a really. I, that was actually a really cool little they shot. They actually added man. little th- touches that we just didn't get to see in the original film. Um... So we see uh, Felipe, the little boy, over at his dead general's father's uh, body, vowing to avenge him. As Mantrix marches out to the beach carrying his clearly adult daughter in his arms, Chenny, which is hilarious. She's taller than he is. She's got this big broad he's carrying around. Uh, his longtime commander, General Kirby, spelled K-E-R-B-E-Y. So, you know, it's different. I think the original was K-I-R-B-Y. Is that all you got to do is change the spelling of a name, dude? Apparently so. What I love more uh, than anything else is as he's bringing out his adult daughter, you actually see him putting out, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh uh, man, it's, it's good to let that down, yes. Kirby, <laughs> Kirby asks him, Mantrix, you leave anyone alive, the old salty general says. Just the mariachis, Mantrix quips, as we cut over to some very nervous mariachi musicians with their hands don't up in the air me. by the water. Don't shoot, don't shoot. Give a little sign across. Thank you, thank you. There's a military helicopter behind Kirby, and its blades are spinning. I'm thinking that had to be green screened at this point, because I mean it's like a Huey. Is that Huey? Yes. 
like behind this guy, I'm like, oh wow, that's a really good looking green screen. There's no way this guy can get real helicopters. Wait till later in the movie. Um, man, it just worked. It looked really good. I was like, man, how the fuck they pull that off? Stuff like this, the impressive guns, the locations. That's why I wanted to talk to this filmmaker and be like, how the hell did you do this? Uh, but sadly, there was no chance of us talking. Every time I say no, no chance, chance, we'd chug a beer. His uh, lawyer, Jackie Charles, says no yeah. chance. Kirby asks John to start up his old unit again, just like in the ending of Commando. And Mantrix says without hesitation, no chance. So basically, audience listening, YouTube's watching, boys here at the table, we are getting an unofficial sequel to Commando tonight, done in the style of a straight-up comedy. Basically, yes. And I am personally ashamed of myself for not knowing this film existed until a week or two ago. How did, this not, how did this... 2017. 17? How did this okay. not come up on my radar? I haven't heard the Arnold fans talking about it. I haven't heard any of my... Like, I'm pretty... Maybe they were trying to go so small under the radar as to not get sued. Yeah, but to to coin an Arnold Prime... To coin an Arnold term, it's pretty ballsy to make a sequel to a movie that you have no permission to do. (laughs) Just change the names up a little bit and do it as a spoof. Let's think satire, you're protected. Satire, yeah. This is satire, I suppose. I don't know. So many questions. Maybe we'll find some answers. All right. No chance. No chance. Doctor's making a tally over there of every time I say no chance. Son of a bitch. Making a little voodoo doll. So, uh, me? Uh, just continue. So sometime later, we find ourselves at the Arnold Strong Institute for the Emotionally Troubled. Your work there, Doctor? Uh, I did work at an institute for the Emotionally Troubled. Arnold Strong, correct me if I'm wrong, is the name that Arnold was billed under in Hercules Goes Bananas. Correct. When he first did his or first Hercules movie. Or Hercules Goes to New York, which I believe was the same uh, movie. Same movie. When, they, when he first uh, made his appearance on the big screen, they didn't think Schwarzenegger could fit on the poster, so there's Arnold Strong. As far as you know, I worked at the Institute for the Emotionally gonna, Troubled. I was going to let that slide. Uh, <laughs> John Rambo's there shooting suction cup arrows at the orderlies. After Apparently, John Rambo's really, really been sick. <laughs> he was quite uh, famished. <laughs> Die Hard's John McClane. That Agent Orange came back in a big fucking way, man. <laughs> Die Hard's John McClane is there saying, yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcone, into a walkie-talkie he stole from some orderlies. That shit's funny because if you ever watch Die Hard 2 on TMC or, uh, or AMC or TBS, that's what they dubbed his... Yippie Kaye motherfucker with Yippie Kaye Mr. Falcone which made no there's nobody named yeah. Falcone which uh, it was just one of those classic bad dubs so that was a nice funny touch if you picked up on it uh, and finally we come to John Man- Mantrix's padded room where we find our hero doing cartoon drawings of a dead Barrett and the Predator monster which happens to be right behind him which is right behind the Predator uh, delivers a letter to him in the mail from his daughter Chenny and as he reads it, we cut to a flashback uh, footage of Mantrix and Chenny feeding deer, eating ice cream, swimming and practicing martial arts together, just like in the opening credits of Commando. Did y'all notice when she says in her letter to him that he was the perfect package? They cut to him in those Speedo shorts and do his crotch. Y'all didn't notice that? I really wanted to skip over that. Chenny goes on to say in her voiceover that he always took such good care of her when she was kidnapped by Barrett. We cut to him shooting the bad guy in his cottage. Remember that guy that shows up to negotiate yeah. with uh, Matrix? Hey, you got a deal, right? Wrong. 
They dressed that dude up just like the guy. He looked just like that guy. Like, the wardrobes are spot on in this thing. Like, it's, it's impressive. Uh, but when she started dating years later, Mantrix took his protective nature of Chenny a little too far. As we see her sitting on a park bench with a young suitor, Mantrix comes up behind and slits the poor kid's throat. We see more bloodshed, and Chenny says, After you wiped out my after-prom party, I guess we all realized you just cared a little too much. He killed everybody at her prom <laughs> high school party. So then, as he walks out of the prom covered in blood, General Kirby's there to handcuff John and take him into the into military custody for psychiatric rehabilitation under the Rambo Act. The end of her letter reveals that she's getting married now, and a save the date card is included. And get this, she's marrying Barrett, the same mustache, chainmailed, vest wearing weirdo that kidnapped her as a kid. Jenny, no. Mantrix screams out before the orderlies whack him over the head with a billy club. Alright, this guy's Arnold impression is serviceable. And they keep, they're smart. They keep it like to one sentence lines. But dude, his sounds when he's like fighting or the. That stuff is so good. (laughs) He's really, really good at the. It's really good. (laughs) He is really good at that. Um, And apparently, I looked. I can only find everywhere in the movie this actor is listed as John Mantrix. This guy didn't want his too, yeah. he didn't want his name on anything. <laughs> um, as Mantrix starts to pass out from being whacked with the billy club, he flashes back to the cellar confrontation in the boiler room from the original uh, Commando. Their back and forth banner between him and uh, Barrett now is delivered identical to as it was in Commando. I'm sorry. You you appreciate stuff like this, dog, because you're... Take a little praise here. You're a very good impressionist. The guy playing Barrett is really, really funny and, re- really, and really, really good as yeah. Bennett. I, I mean... I don't know if he wrote this as... Like, if he did Bennett at parties, like he wore that to Halloween parties, everybody's like, oh, man, you're just like it. Like, fuck it, I'll write a movie. I, I think it's the second best part of this entire movie. He's really, really good at it. Um, it is really good, and I'm glad that you said that the guy playing Arnold was serviceable, because I don't think he was any worse than serviceable. No. no. I, think, I think if you folks watch Hipster, our Predator spoof that's on YouTube right now, I could have done better. I could I could do like three sentences without it being terrible. Yeah. I agree, definitely. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think Arnold is necessarily is terribly difficult does to get, do. Does he still got the I'm gun? Sure there's people oh, everyone look. does a decent Arnold. I mean, everyone does an Arnold impression. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the wig really took me a while to get used to on this guy. Well, the one thing that I really like that, uh, is, and, and uh, not to get ahead of it, but when he starts jogging, he's got Arnold's very slow yeah, jog. That and, lumbersome and kind that of very lumbersome shoulders jog first. That, that he does in Commando. He's got that down. Okay. But yes, the guy doing Barrett slash Bennett... Uh, it was, was fun. He was phenomenal. It was fun. Agreed. You like me? Oh yeah. Um, it's it's kind of spooky how good he is. And once again, they dress this boiler room location where it actually yeah looks just like the the the, the scene from that from the original Commando. After a decently filmed knife fight, as a distressed twenty seven year old tattooed Chenny looks down, Daddy, thirty year old stripper. <laughs> Uh, Mantrix throws a giant piece of pipe through Barrett's chest, killing him. 
Let off some steam, Barrett. Mantrix suddenly wakes up from his flashback. He finds himself uh, locked up in a straitjacket, about to be heavily sedated for the night by a team of male nurses. He breaks free and kicks all their asses. One guy, he throws the straitjacket at his face, and the guy is just on the ground, just (laughs) wrestling with him now. Look who's crazy now. Uh, Mantrix smiles as he escapes the room easily from these jokers and flees the hospital. He sets the timer on his digital watch so it counts down the hours to Chenny's wedding. Uh-huh. Married on Sunday? No chance. And before he can embark on his new mission, he's confronted uh, out in the field by the hospital by General Kirby. Mantrix takes out Kirby's men easily enough. Hey, quick question. Grundy wasn't married on Sunday, was he? No, he's buried on Sunday. Buried on Sunday, okay. Who? Solomon Grundy. From the villain? From the Super Friends? Yeah. Oh, that was a little theme song? Solomon Grundy, Buried on a Sunday? Yeah. Oh, I, uh, no, you guys lost me big yeah. time. Well, I was I was paying attention to his watch, which like was a weird set, the way he did that. And then, I, for some reason, reminded me. Anyway, go on. Uh, I only um, looked on the last season of Gotham. They actually brought back Solomon Grundy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. He was kind of a... Slow-witted man on this old Super Friends cartoon. Wasn't he the guy in the tattered blazer? Yes, he was a zombie. Yeah. Kind of like Frankenstein. Basically, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, well, before he can run off, he's confronted by Kirby. He takes out Kirby's men with a few punches. <laughs> Kirby looks at him, this old guy. We still got the moves, don't we, John? What's this wee bullshit? You never do anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got it. <laughs> I like this old guy. <laughs> I actually do, too. Uh, his name is Richard Dodwell, and he's got a real authentic nature to him, and he seems really like cool with being in on First the... First of all, I, I, if I looks, close my eyes, he sounds like Rambo's commander. Oh, Richard Krenner? Richard Krenner. Yeah. Uh, I thought this old guy was fun. Um, well, he tells Mantrix that this is his chance, now that he's escaped, to find a new home and lay low for the rest of his life, but John tells him, I know they've taken Chinny again, and I must rescue her. Kirby's like, oh, okay. He gives him a big bag of gear to help him along, <laughs> his sidearm, and a coaster from the nightclub Hunt and Slash, <laughs> where wow. a real slime ball named Sully runs things. If you remember in the original Commando, Sully was talking about a nice place for Hunt and Slash, which, after years of trying to figure out, we finally came up with that was probably his term for pussy. Sully, wasn't, it was Sully a, wasn't the it most. used to be. Remember, yeah, it used to be a really good place for Hunt and Slash. <laughs> It's a great line. We, as kids, we were just like, but found me, but me? found me something though. <laughs> um, that's my Sully impersonation. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, so that might be a good place to start digging for clues. Uh, this Sully's a real slime ball. He says. Kirby tells Mantrix not to get killed out there. No chance. The title card, no chance, comes up again. And then he instructs John to punch him out to make the escape seem authentic and. Mantrix knocks him out, and we are officially on the hunt. You know what I've been on the hunt for here lately, boys? What have you been on the hunt for? That's right. Tobacco Special Cigars, made by the almighty Drew Estate. Same folks who brought you Liga Pravada, Undercrown, Nico Rustica, and more. Your choice of either extra dark Connecticut Broadleaf or natural Connecticut Shade Wrappers, Envelope, a Sumatra Binder, and Nicaraguan Criollo Filler Leaves. 
Before aging, the cigars are slowly infused with Nicaraguan estate-grown coffee. The smoke is medium to full-bodied, depending on the wrapper. It's rich tobacco flavors commingling with the unmistakable aroma of coffee and some sweetness. I'm a fan, and you'll be too. Is there a chance you won't like them? There's no chance. That's right, Yak Boy. So seek them out. Speaking of cigars, how you guys enjoying the Monte Cristo number two? I like it. A uh, lot? The bread has kind of gone toasty. Well, it's because you set it on fire. I know. <laughs> it hasn't gone out yet. Uh... Had to work at it a little bit. But, mine, uh, mine, mine has just because I've been, I've been running my yeah. running my mouth. Uh, wh- flavor wise, Doc, where are you at? It hasn't really changed. A little more, a tiny. I hesitate to say spice. On the nose, it's a, a little, little bit. bit. It's yeah, there. There's a little bit there. Oh, it's there. Yeah. It's a nice spice. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm enjoying, enjoying it. it. Kind of hangs in the top of your nose just a little bit. It's still a soft, soft, mild cigar. Mm-hmm. Mine's picking up just a little bit. A little gauge is going a little bit uh, between the mild and the medium. Yeah, yeah, it's, I'm not it's getting gotten a little stronger. Uh, but bread and leather is where I'm at on the on the flavor profile. Yeah, and it's not it's not really changed, but those flavors have intensified a little bit as it gets a little bit deeper into the cigar. Yeah, well, you liking it? I am. Yeah, it's smooth. It's, it's extremely smooth. Incredibly man. smooth cigar. And the beer, we have yet we haven't really talked about the beer at all. Uh, which is great. Which is great for a really fine cigar. This beer gets oh yeah. out of the way. Oh yeah, this it's it's refreshing. It, it's fine, but it, it's out it's of the a way. Solid pilsner. I like it. I do too. And there are so many times where you know, like I said, and I've said it before, in this day and age, when you've got just the entire spectrum of beers up on the wall, sometimes when it's just balls hot, or I'm just. I don't really want to think about anything. I would. I just want a nice German style pilsner. I think this is a nice fit for that. It is refreshing, Doctor. You, is it I re- agree with Leif Garrett. Is it uh, refreshing? <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not your fault, man. It's not your fault. Actually, he looks like the guy Leif Garrett ran over or whatever. <laughs> am I? Am I in some kind of trouble now? Yes. Are you supposed to say no nice, chance? Nice, smooth, good, good warm weather. Uh yeah no it's it's refreshing um and it does have just a little tiny bite on the front end it's, yeah. so you know you're not drinking just a, a domestic light beer um yeah it's it's nice that's about all you can say it's nice it's cheap <laughs> nice I was unaware they were bought by Miller I didn't know that yeah okay son of a bitch <laughs> everybody out of here. Is there a chance I would have still featured it, knowing that it was Bombay Miller? No chance. No there's, chance. There's a modicum of a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was the only gun-themed beer I could find, so I like slight it chance. Because of the low ABV, perhaps it's not fighting the cigar at all. Mm. Not that there's anything really to fight, so it's kind of a good matchup. Oh, yeah. If we if we had hit this bad boy with that real heavy IPA. That uh, Save the World triple. Or triple. Those watermelon four locos Kate asked me to pick up on the way over here. No. Well, they would have dominated it. I honestly, the only thing I could see maybe going with this well is a medium. And I'm not a fan of these beers at all, but for some reason, I, I think maybe a porter would go well with a cigar. Not a stout, yeah. but maybe a porter. Porter? I can see that. Definitely. I want a light, smooth coffee. That's all I want. Light, smooth coffee. I take it back. You are no Leif Garrett. (laughs) 
down at the quad on the campus, sipping your coffee with your morning... Uh, with my portable uh, LP. Okay. Dude, he's totally going to go hipster. <laughs> what? He's going to be going to the Arcade Fire concerts. And <laughs> uh, for, for our listeners who've enjoyed us for 98 episodes, our... our Young man Tut over there is going back to school. I am old man on t- I'm old man Tut on campus, campus <laughs> and uh, we couldn't be more proud of him. Right, matter of fact, uh, I'm going absolutely. back to school. <laughs> matter of fact, uh, I was sitting in class and one of the kids was like, the professor was like, uh, so this is pretty much exactly what's going to be on the test, and the kid was just like, oh man, that is H H, that is H H. All right, yeah, that's H H. And I was like, Sidge, because his name's Sidge. And I was like, Sage? Sidge. Sidge. Yes, I think it's S I D H. Okay. And, uh, well, it's a very long name, but that's gotcha. what he was like. Gotcha. And uh, I was like, We'll call him Strong. I was like, Strong, for the old man in class, what does H H mean? He goes, Hulk Hogan. That's Hulk Hogan. How did it apply to. I, it's cool. So you realize the young kids know who Hulk Hogan is now you're wearing headbands everywhere? No, but now I should bring the the Hulk the old school Hulkamania. I swear headband. to God, if you try to rip your shirt off at any point tonight, you are well that might be Fight yeah. for the rights of every man. <laughs> Ted's gonna go Let me tell you something, Sage. Let me tell you something, Sage. I was busting computer classes back in the nineteen nineties. Oh my god, you're old, dude. Tell you something about DOS, brother. <laughs> What? Uh, good, good luck, Todd. We're Thank all, you. We're all rooting Thank for you. Uh, we're getting back to Mantrix. We now find ourselves Crap, at now the. I just want to do Hulk Hogan impersonations. We already did No Holds Barred. Uh-huh. Go back and watch that episode. By the way, it was a lot funnier than this one <laughs> so far. But I, the right I think we did a really str- we did a really strong beer on the <laughs> No Holds Barred. We got really <laughs> fucked up. Which hey, we're just getting started. We're just getting warmed up. Dookie, dookie. Uh, do you know who his brother is? Expand <laughs> on the brother, eh? <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, we should show up in Tut's class. Do you know what podcast he's on? <laughs> <laughs> we now find ourselves at the Hunt and Slash nightclub. we got to get some of those coasters. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, which, if this thing had gone through, like, Kickstarter or, like, you know, Indiegogo to fund this movie, they could have done so many... Like, you know, get your photo taken with Bennett and oh, that'd be <laughs> or hunt and slash coasters or they could have done all sorts of fun stuff. They may have been done that. They probably got you know just like these giant boxes full of hunt and slash coasters in a garage somewhere. Like, what am I gonna do with these things? Now? Oh yeah, I've, I've been there. <laughs> I got a big garage, thank God. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Maybe they're gonna get another beer actually- and a whole cart and a bad hand cigarette falls out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they actually did a Kickstarter or something on this thing. I didn't find it. You didn't? No. I found nothing. I can That's my crazy, yeah. I did nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, dude, you're poncho. I tried IMDB. I tried Instagram. I tried Kickstarter. <laughs> I found nothing. <laughs> it's like it just appeared. It is. It's like this movie just all of a sudden showed up. Uh, this is the internet. The internet came alive and took it. Hey, could could Tom Slash be our boy band name? We're not getting a fucking boy band. No, sorry. 
at the Hunt Slash Nightclub, Soli is there making a sleazy <laughs> come on to some skank at the bar before she rejects him flat out. Which I guess wouldn't make her a skank if she rejected him. Uh, she was still she's day drinking at the Hunt and Slash. That's, that's fine with me. Do you even address for that place? <laughs> Especially if she's there. Now, while this fine. actor doesn't look anything like Commando's David Patrick Kelly, his voice is close enough and his demeanor is so spot on that it really worked. His demeanor actually is. I mean, in terms of like actions and, and the way he holds his body and everything, the way he's got I'm, the snark there... I need you to watch these five scenes over and over and just become <laughs> He nailed it. He man. nails it. I believe him as Sully. I mean, you know, he, he looks like he's Sully down the road a little bit. Well, he's also wearing that same black kind of frosted pattern blazer yeah, that he no, has Yeah, no, they dressed him, but I mean, just the way he carries himself. And, and you his, know Sully would be wearing that after Oh, he's still that. thinking, yeah. That's what he had on. Dusted off after he fell off that cliff. Remember when you say pay for my dry cleaning matrix? Uh... <laughs> Oh, and he's using a cane now, so that explains... You know, he went off that yeah, he, cliff. He got dropped down the cliff. Uh, in the first cane. movie, but yeah. he, he's, he's got a cane now, so it makes sense. Um, Remember when I said I, I'd I kill like you know, last? I mean, he just sort of glossed over that one. He lived. He just, you know, limped away. He's got a cane. But if you go back, I mean, it literally <laughs> was like a 200-foot cliff. They showed him, like, splat on a boulder. That's right, Matrix, you did! Uh, hey, man, this guy works, too. He's not... Him and the Barrett guy are... Man... How'd they find these dudes? Oh, yeah, he wrote it. <laughs> as Mantrix enters the nightclub, the girl who accepted a free drink from Soli as a peace offering for hitting on her is now walking up to Soli asking if there's a back room where she can do him. Where, where, where was this hunting slash? <laughs> Your first thought here is she was roofied because he bought her that drink. He owns the club. But we're going to find out, Yak, Why is later. that everyone's first assumption? <laughs> God. She could have changed her mind in those ten seconds. No, uh, we're going to find out it was something way more sinister, aren't we? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, well, I can't uh, hear you, Sully. It'll say it again. Get, get fucked. fucked. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Well, going a couple... Into my, going into my... What's his name? Uh, David Patrick David, Kelly. David Patrick Kelly. Yeah. Uh, his best role ever in Bruce Willis's Last Man Standing. Oh, yeah. God, he was awesome as the Irish gangster in that one. Oh, uh, he's really good. Oh, he's in Good in the Warriors, too. Yes. Warriors, come out and play. That was him. He's a really good character actor. 48, 48 hours he was in? Yes. Well, a couple of Sully's henchmen approach Mantrix as he's carrying a huge military suitcase into this nightclub. And when they ask him to open it up, he starts punching them in the face. <laughs> a full-out brawl breaks out. Pool sticks are broken over Mantrix's back. But he finally bashes the last thug in the head with an eight ball from the pool table, and he looks at the camera. Magic eight ball says, don't count on it. Don't count on it. And then he takes off after the limping Sully. <laughs> a car chase ensues. Uh, hey, college boy, am I using the word ensues correctly? Oh, you haven't taken English class yet? Okay, sorry. Yak boy, am I using correct? Okay, yes. thanks. I'll stay with you with those questions. If I get a question about disk drives or... Uh, Something like that, I'll ask you. Nobody uh, uses those anymore. No, they don't. As Mantrix... But we still have to learn about it. That's what I have all our TNCC stuff saved on. Oh, man, shit. Uh, that's between us and the IRS. Don't, you listeners, don't worry. We'll, we'll be here for the long run. Do you guys hear cars pulling up outside? As Mantrix, uh, he's attached a tracer... Get to the donkey! <laughs> ...on the Soli's uh, sports car. One of the things Kirby gave him was this tracer and a little screen to to track people. 
the nighttime exteriors and the interior car footage all look good here. Sometimes that in a low budget feature, those are crippling as far as filming night, you know, outdoor stuff at night. But no, the car chase looks good. Things inside the car looks good. And the Total Recall style animation of the yes, tracking computer. I loved it. That is totally the same screen they track, uh, you know, Quaid on in Total Recall. And yes. they even steal the bleeping noise yes. from Total Recall. It's exact same. This thing's made by fans. It's a nice, really nice touch. They obviously, they, I mean, they had some cash, as yeah. you pointed out. This was not, I mean, even though it's a, obviously low budget to make a hour and 30 minute things you know, it's going to cost you um, I don't think this is low budget to tell you the truth that was one of my questions Like, I just uh, mean relative to a 100 million dollar Hollywood yeah, 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 absolutely. yeah absolutely I'm saying it wasn't made for 10,000 bucks are you going to sink that no, much money no, in this uh-uh. thing on the risk of being sued by I don't see that's the thing I don't Warner understand Warner Brothers that. being like dude you can't make a sequel to our movie oh, satire hey our million dollar lawyers say otherwise what are you gonna do? You just spent five hundred grand on this movie and you can't show it to anybody. Jeff Bezos is like, "Fuck that! I got four guys who's gonna watch it. I bet there's more. Let them go ahead and make it's it. Just there for us. <laughs> well, apparently, we're the only ones who've watched it. Uh, Sully pulls up to a, the director's probably gonna get back with you like in two weeks, going, "Oh shit! I forgot! I forgot I even made this." <laughs> Sully pulls up outside a mobile home and limps inside while two fully uniformed soldiers push each other on a rope swing outside. <laughs> hey, you ever cut warm butter with a knife? See, it's like cutting a young girl's throat. Which, of course, is a line from the original. But then Matrix sneaks up behind them and easily stabs them both through the heart with a giant <laughs> knife. And he giggles, I can't believe you're not butter. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually really was funny. A, that was <laughs> not bad. Uh, Doctor, you were a big fan of that one, right? I like that one. It was a good time. Uh, after easily bashing in the skull of another freedom fighter on guard duty, who looked a lot like Barrett. I think the guy playing Barrett actually stood in for a lot of different mustached characters. Mustache characters. You know, for all the resources the uh, country of Valverde has, they've got a shit-ass army. Oh, they're horrible. Uh, Mantrix breaks into a semi tr- the back of a semi-truck that contains a mother load of weaponry. Like, where the... That's my biggest. Where did the filmmakers get all this? Sh- I mean, rats the weapons and rats. in this thing is just crazy. I mean, were they like members of a? Is that the director like a member of a militia? Like a survivalist? Maybe I don't know. That's why he didn't respond to you. Yeah, that's why he didn't respond. <laughs> uh oh, these cocksuckers are on to me. I do know that all if of you guys their. see a red dot on me tonight. I'm gonna step outside for a moment. <laughs> all of their gear looked really, really good. And it was uniform. There's like a whole rack of machine guns that looked the same. Um. Landmines looked real. Grenades looked great. I don't know. So Mantrix straps up, basically recreating the exact look from Commando, and he's officially in business. Maybe There's that's it. Looked real. Maybe they killed like 47 people making this thing. That's why he didn't respond to my yeah. Facebook message. Well... Uh, there's even some totally unexplained smoke pouring in the back of the semi when he walks out, just like the smoke in Commando. On the I beach. wish, I wish they would have done the gear up scene, mm-hmm. like a good three minutes of just him just keep on and keep on. Because you know there was that one, there was that one YouTube clip where somebody looped that whole scene for like ten minutes, and I laugh my butt off every time I see that. And I wish that they would have just given a little nod to that. You guys have cutter. I need to clip a little more off the. Um, that's funny because whenever we're doing our little 
films and I want to take a joke way too far. You fight me tooth and nail. But I've seen the video and I laughed on it and I thought it would have been a good little nod nod to the fan too. stuff. Okay. Um, this also might be as good a time as he's suiting up to talk about the soundtrack by Mark Poitras. I'm assuming a direct relative of the director, same last name. He does a really good job of incorporating James Horner's Caribbean drum vibes from the original Commando. He does some orchestral stuff. <coughs> excuse me, orchestral stuff. And at times, he almost uh, directly does a clone of the. He ori- does a he does a good variation on it. It does. Uh, it's almost a direct clone of the original score, but he does mix it up. There's a lot of Harold Faltermeyer's classic Running Man synth stuff yeah. uh, thrown in there too. It's all executed really well for what the film's trying to do. And at this point in the film, I think the film is doing what it's trying to do very successfully. Agreed? Be a spoof guys be funny. on board at this point? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was just really nervous because I had the doctor watch this first. And I was like, I want to do this film. I know I'm going to do the film and podcast, but I don't know if it's a doctor episode or the three of us episode. There's a difference. Because I didn't know if doctor would sit down and watch this thing and be like... I, I was very, very curious to get his reaction on this film and I'm glad you dug it I'm glad you had a good time with it I was drinking heavily but I, I told you, there you to. Go. I told you yeah. to that was my doctor's orders <laughs> again were you guys drinking when you watched it let's go to no. another doctor no. were you drinking when you watched oh, it oh yeah he was saying that he yeah. was your he, doctor he was being the doctor yeah. giving the orders I, gotcha. that point. I didn't I like that either but I'm, you know you gonna let slide this time uh, yeah I had uh, I had some scotch and uh, out on the back deck and doing okay. my thing alright when Mantrix emerges from the tractor trailer, it's surprisingly light outside all of a sudden. It was pitch dark when he went in. How long was he in that thing? Again, uh, stretch that scene out. And after walking around the compound, planting landmines and whatnot, he discovers Chenny in a warehouse. Oh, one comment on that real quick. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really notice it, but I hadn't paid too much attention to it. Recently, I rewatched The Road Warrior, and I was looking at the IMDb notes, and it never occurred to me while watching. I'm gonna have to go back and look at it. But is it, uh, is it George Miller? Miller. Uh, he was saying that that was at the time a relatively low budget movie. Yeah. And he was saying that sometimes all of a sudden it was night and it was day. And he said we, that we just had to do it that way. We couldn't. We, did, we didn't always have the continuity of night and day because we Excuse just me. had to shoot the scenes when we could shoot them. When you them. could shoot them. Yeah. Yeah. I notice it in certain. Films. Hey, in the original Predator, there's a br- couple different glaring examples where it's they're in the jungle and it's daylight, and all of a sudden they'll do another shot and it'll be almost dusk. I mean, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Um, maybe this was poking fun at that because it was so glaringly obvious. Um, but yeah, I mean that's something. You know, if you're trying to get a scene down at five o'clock and the sun's up and it's a heavy scene and all of a sudden doesn't seven, match what you're doing at 11 a.m. you seven, just gotta do it you just gotta do it yeah. you know and, and we just tell Tut fix that in post <laughs> yeah yeah okay get us, get us some sun in there okay uh, daddy you made it or I'm sorry she doesn't say it like that she says daddy you made it very flat line response from Jenny Jenny thank god you're alive we gotta get out of here but suddenly, his beloved Chenny handcuffs Mantrix to some scaffolding. Was that scaffolding? It was scaffolding. I was going to say a shelving unit, but it was scaffolding, wasn't it? And before he can ask too many questions, which you don't get the feeling Mantrix ever asks too many questions, uh, Barrett walks down the stairs. 
How could Barrett possibly be alive after the events in the first film? You asked. How got a could pipe he? through his chest. Uh, well, you see, the steel pipe is still embedded in his body. <laughs> we can clearly see it sticking out his belly and out his back. It turns out Mantrix threw it perfectly, or imperfectly, I guess, back in 1985, where it missed all of his vital organs, and the steam coming out of it cauterized the wounds perfectly. He's fine. Doctor, is this possible? I love that touch, and uh, I mean, the way they explain it, also using the word cauterized, a word I first heard (laughs) in Predator. uh, I thought it'd be funny as a doctor. I had to look it up. I didn't know what that term meant. I've, I've given things a good cauterizing before. Oh, I bet. Uh, you know, I wouldn't think it was possible, but given their reasoning, I don't see why not. My God, though, what pain he must be in. Hey, you do see stories where like a guy will get a nail in his head, or something will happen, and they'll be like, it didn't hit anything, we just gotta leave it there? Like, it perfectly missed his brain? And Well, you know, in regards to everything else, you know, when I, when I first saw this, like, you know, he just explained it, and you're like, that makes sense. I can live with it. And it's just really funny to see this guy walking <laughs> around with his pipe. Stick. It's, it's not like he cut it off. It's just like, I don't know, maybe six inches out the front and six inches out the back. Uh, and he is still wearing the exact it, outfit from... Well, I mean, he couldn't change it. He showers in this thing. 1980s movie logic. Yeah. Like, it fits. You're like... Yeah, okay. It is It is the 80s movie logic. Don't you want to stick that knife of yours in me, Barrett? Mantrix asks. Oh, I'll stick it in you, Barrett says with a twinkle in his eye. Yeah. There were always some uh, questions about Bennett in the, in the film with that outfit of his and that mustache. <laughs> uh, and I said, mean, a sleeveless black t-shirt, a chainmail tank top, <laughs> a little locket necklace, leather pants, fingerless gloves. I never questioned perfectly it. trimmed mustache. I, I never questioned it as a you know eight year old boy, but <laughs> maybe that's what he was going for. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I really hope people watch this on YouTube. That way they can see our weird glance there and not just <laughs> listen to us but laugh just then, at that. Just then, as Barrett says he's going to stick it in John, General Arius's son and successor, Generalissimo Felipe Aris, uh, walks in. And he's brought a mad German scientist named Dr. Mengele to drug Mantrix with a mind control substance. Mangle. Mangle. What did I say? Mangle? No, the they say uh, Mengele, but I believe that the, they're it's a play on the famous Nazi torture doctor, Doctor Joseph Mengele. Okay, yeah, you would know that Mengele, uh, but I said they it. say they say in the oh, film oh, they're okay. calling him yeah, he's Doctor Mengele. Okay, uh, he's got a mind control substance that they're planning on using to brainwash a small army to help. Sounds them. like someone's taking a little history one hundred and one over there. Oh, did you learn that in college, college boy? No, actually, I fall asleep to the hits History Channel. Oh, that's, yeah. that's right. Uh, Me too. They're gonna it's brainwash. The to do, they're gonna brainwash a new army to reclaim Valverde, and that's what Sully put in that skank's drink at the bar. Was the mind the mind juice. control serum? Yeah. How about uh, you hand me a little more mind control serum? I will, <laughs> Doctor. Have you ever encountered a similar elixir in your years of picking up bar skanks? <laughs> I need no elixirs to pick up bar skanks. <laughs> but but have you encountered? Have you one? ever heard of such a thing? Oh sure. Yeah. I'm. I'm, I'm it's possible. Where? The hunt slash tavern. The hunt slash tavern. I'm gonna have to check out this tavern. What's that one bar? I tell you what, you come in there wearing wearing the bandana, we're gonna clean house, brother. Fuck yeah. 
What was that bar by your place, Doctor Jack? Easy Rabbits or uh, uh, Daddy, Rab- Daddy, Daddy Rabbits? Daddy Rabbits. Daddy Rabbits. Daddy Rabbits. I haven't been to Daddy Rabbits. What's interesting is I guess the drunken donkey wanted to get a new clientele, so they changed it to like the something the something donkey. something brewery and the classy donkey brewery, scratch and, kitchen uh, and something. <laughs> Uh, we d- we didn't go to the Drunken Donkey, uh, but we did uh, partake of the Rack and Tap uh, one night there while we were in Louisville. Oh, in uh, the Doctor's Territory? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that may have recently shuttered. I'm not sure. It doesn't surprise me. In this big warehouse where they're having <laughs> this scene, I should mention, there's an old-timey real biplane hanging from the rafters above them, like... Whoever location scouted in Texas for this movie found them some really cool places to do stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, well done. I'm thinking, you know, I mean, because there are several air museums, and there is one in uh, San Marcos. There could be, yeah. So, but that, that most of that there is like, you know, World War II stuff. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't have other, that they may have not have yeah. other planes. But trust me, but so I mean, it is a, it is a giant you know hangar. As, as someone who's made been making films, feature films, short films around Texas for 20 years, give or take, it's not easy to get people to open their doors for you. I can only imagine going to the National Air Museum in San Antonio and be like. Hey, I want to bring in this guy with a mustache and the pipe sticking through him and uh, this chick in a bikini. Yeah, sure. Have the run of the place. And people are very... No, Cody's brother almost shot me when I showed up dressed as fool for Unreliables. <laughs> people are very weird about letting you film. And they, they, just, they found really cool locations for this movie. Yeah. Well, before Dr. Mangel can prick uh, Matrix with the giant syringe, Matrix breaks free of his shackles and kicks all their asses. As the soldiers all arm themselves out in the tractor trailer, it's battle time. Generalissimo goes out there to give him a pep talk, and he fires his gun, and he's in the doorway of the semi-truck, so it just blows all their eardrums out. I thought that was a nice little touch. Um, Mantrix commandeers a giant backhoe bulldozer. The very same model created by our friends over at Case Tractors. When you're surrounded by Latino freedom fighters... There's no better equipment for the job. Driving around on a bulldozer now. And an epic battle ensues. Epic indeed. The fact that he actually uses the backhoe to like knock dudes over <laughs> and like uh, as the rebels' bullets bounce off the front of the bulldozer, Doctor, I couldn't help but appreciate as a throwback to Raw Deal. Yes. When Arnold's driving the bulldozer through the gravel pits and fighting the Chicago mob and all their bullets are bouncing off the front, like another nice touch. Um, Mantrix swings the front of the vehicle, knocking one dude out cold. Watch your back, ho. <laughs> uh, that was a good one. All the guns firing, the grenades, the mortars, the rocket launchers blowing shit up. That was Tut's reaction to the joke with some Arnold. <laughs> it all looks really good for a seemingly independent, low-budget endeavor. I was impressed. Uh, I've watched a lot of like straight to video on Amazon and Netflix, like legitimate action films. Yeah. That have not as good gunfire and explosions as this. Like shit looks great, and a lot of it looks practical. The explosions, a lot of the blood. There's a little bit of digital blood in some scenes, but there's a lot of squibs going off. Like, okay. I also lo- really dug out the Freedom Fighters when they got shot. All did the little dance and made the high pitched squeals like they did in Commando. Yeah. <laughs> 
They'll do little fingers up in the air. Dude, that was great. And when you know, in the old school '80s, when you were shooting someone with a machine gun, rather than fall down, they would almost do like a marionette dance yeah, as these, each bullet yeah, went pumping into them. Dance. They just did this little, like the worst way to die, like dancing and like a little girl scream. And sign up for that, did they? Well, Chenny jumps on the back of a four-wheel ATV driven by Barrett, and they race off. So Mantrix takes over an ATV of his own, and the chase is on. But some other rebels on ATVs give him trouble, of course. This reminded me of the snowmobile scene in the opening of True Lies, when he's getting chased by those snowmobiles. But, dude, we see the guy playing... Man- well, we see John Mantrix playing John Mantrix. He's skinned through mud. He's jumping over, not crazy jumps, but, I mean... It's pretty well done little ATV chase. They're fight fist fighting each other on the things. Like, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Um, just because you're doing a spoof comedy in its silliest cinematic form doesn't mean you can't flex your filmmaking muscle a little bit and show some skill. Eventually, Matrix and a rebel charge at each other straight ahead in a game of chicken. And right before they collide, we cut to the no chance title card overplayed with some soft jazz music. Even their budget couldn't afford to show these two dudes hit each other. When it goes away, uh, we see Mantrix passed out in the wreckage, and he flashes back to the scene in Commando when Barrett's men have him wrestled to the ground, and Barrett walks over and points his gun at him. You kicked me out of your unit, John. I swore I'd have payback. And you know what today is? Payback. Day. Done. <laughs> Best delivery in the film. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of looks at it like that. Well, because he does like the little confusion. Payback. Day. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It should have been the line in the original film, Payday. You know, today is John. Payday. That would have made... That would have been a better line. I like the payback day. With oh, the no, no, it's funny there. here, it but funny. I, I think they were just saying, why wouldn't you... Anyway... Uh, his delivery there was very funny. Mantrix gets up, stumbles away to a country highway where he's immediately run over by a car driven by the lovely Dr. Don Bergman. Don Bergman. We agree she was lovely? She, she was. was pretty. Okay. I'm having a little trouble keeping my cigar lit, and I don't think it's just because of me talking. I had to go out once. Okay, that's uh, not bad. I mean, it wasn't bad. You guys are being okay. I'm, I'm having keeping it lit. I cut thing. a little bit. Um, the draw. It, you, I, I take a couple drags like it's out, but then it kicks in all of a sudden. This is definitely one where you, you really need to mind it. You got to stay on top. Yeah, of it. right. But uh, also, like, yeah, know, I do too. Me and Mincy, we're we're burning this thing down faster than you guys are. So, um, still liking it. Oh yeah, yeah anything yeah, still yeah. leather breadiness. No, it, there's not a lot of transition at all. Uh, it's still breadiness, leatherness, occasional uh, bit of toast. Uh, it's a dry palate cigar, like a you know leaves your palate a bit dry, mm-hmm. and I like that. Uh, it's a nice change for a while. Yes, agreed. About the same, yeah. Okay. Um, well, at, uh, at the Valverde Liberation Army post. Barrett is inspecting guns he's in charge of purchasing from the tough female arms dealer, Miss Maelstrom. I'm sorry. Uh, watching him conduct business with that pipe sticking through his chainmail vest. Like, <laughs> I'm on board. No matter where this goes, as long as he has scenes and he's walking around that pipe in his yeah. chest. 
Sully's there too, and he tells Generalissimo that he's been giving those cocktails spike with the brainwashing elixir to thousands of his bar patrons over at the Hunt and Slash, and Generalissimo will have his army soon. He'll have a thousand of us soon. I'm not sure those guys are the top-notch recruits Generalissimo was hoping for. Uh, no, it's going to be our worthless asset showing up. <laughs> uh, as the bad guys are chatting, Chenny suddenly snaps out of her drug-induced haze and pulls a gun on him. My dad isn't an assassin, she barks, before Miss Maelstrom punches her out and snatches her rifle away. Turns out Chenny needs a higher dose of the drug as she's a strong-minded individual, Dr. Mengel explains. Unlike the drunken sheep you're training, TNCC style. <laughs> he actually said that, which makes me think... They know who we are. We don't know who these guys are. They know who That's we are. That's why he never responded to you. Uh-oh. Once she owe them some money. Once Chenny is given a booster shot... He's Sol- actually three doors down. <laughs> My neighbor. <laughs> Soli offers to take her back to her quarters when Barrett makes it clear that Soli isn't to rape her before her special day. They're getting married. I don't want to spoil Soli says, don't worry about it. She's not my type. She's got man hands. And she does. If that next shot, she does have kind of mannish hands. Once Soli's led Chenny away, as she walks off, she's staring at her. She's, even in her in haze, she's still like, oh, man. <laughs> I was fine with her. Uh, Miss Maelstrom demands to be paid, as whatever they do is their business, but her business is business, and she doesn't want to be left holding the bag when Mantrix shows up again. We have a plan for Mantrix. I didn't know if that was Mengel or Barrett saying that. It's kind of a combination of both of them. With a little bit of Barpo thrown in there. Uh, no, Barrett says, We have a plan for John Mantrix. And Maelstrom says this, Yeah, and you had a plan for getting dressed this morning. Look how that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one, too. Uh, that was a good burn. Uh, she carterized his feelings. Carterized. Cauterized. I've heard it both ways. No, yeah. But Dr. Mengel does see Mantrix as the true threat he is, so he offers Ms. Maelstrom an extra 30% of gold to help take him out. And to spice up the deal, he offers the services of the one and only Crimson Cockroach, who just happens to hold a vendetta against Mantrix. Oh, that's not good, is he, X? It is not. It is not. No. Back at Dr. Uh, meanwhile, back at Don, Dr. Don Bergman's place, uh, she did what any woman who runs over someone she thinks is evil, she took him back to her apartment. Uh, we find her holding a pistol to Mantrix. Girls love bad boys. They do. They do. As he recovers from being plowed into her by her car. Turns out she's been following him ever since she saw him at the Hunt and Slash nightclub where she was looking for her missing sister, Sandy. That was the last place Sandy was seen, so Sandy's a skank, too, right? <laughs> what, what respectable chick is going in here? I think I want to just have it a nice even, little... Different even, strokes for different folks, Mr. Cade. What I, it wasn't even a I'm not judging. club. It was just a bar. Like I want to go have a nice Chardonnay down at the Hunt and Slash. There was an old dude at the bar, the only guy at the bar, an old guy wearing Tut's headphones. Did you guys see that? I did not see that. If we'd ever gone into that Royal Tux Club outside the America's Best Value in, I yeah. had the feeling it would look like the Hunt I and Slash. I had the feeling it would be the Hunt and Slash. <laughs> and you're not getting a nice Chardonnay in there, Tut. And not nearly as nice pool tables. <laughs> uh, well, that was the last place Sandy was seen, who I'm sure is a very respectable girl. 
Where'd she go missing? Uh, she was at the Hunt and Slash at 2 in the afternoon on a Wednesday. The doctor I, will know where she is. <laughs> I, I, are you sure she's missing? <laughs> Turns out Sandy was just a raging alcoholic. Uh, she would never do anything like that, but she did go to the Hunt and Slash. <laughs> I really wish they'd make that joke. Is she checking in there on Facebook? <laughs> Take a picture of her brainwash elixir <laughs> cocktail? Checking in at the Hunt and Slash. <laughs> We're really worried about Sandy. <laughs> you should be. Um, well, when Dr. Don Bergman uh, went there to find Sandy, she saw M- M- Mantrix kicking all those dudes' asses and followed him to the compound where she saw these explosions Jeez. and shit. So she figures he's got some answers. And so I hit him with my vehicle. Well, that was an accident. He stumbled out. The Magic 8-Ball says... No chance. <laughs> no chance. Maybe next time. <laughs> uh, well, he easily snatches the gun from her that she was pointing at him and explains to her, I was just there terminating some assholes. He's looking for someone, too. My daughter, Chenny. Oh, your daughter Jenny's missing? No, Chenny. No, Chenny. He then hands her this wedding save-the-date card that Chenny sent him in, in the mental hospital which shows a happy Chenny smiling while a grinning Bennett holds a giant knife to her throat. There's another one of them riding ATVs together, and then another, it's like a montage, you know, those little cards, say the date. Another one of her, like, stroking his knife. It's a funny little card. Uh, there's also, uh, <laughs> you guys didn't like the save the date card? I no. guess didn't really just stop to pay attention to it. She's pretty, she's pretty and all. But she has really shitty taste in men. How'd she end up with the creepy mustache guy? Uh, Dr. Don Bergman says, Mantris explains the history with Barrett going back ten years and how he broke out to rescue Chenny once again. He broke out? So you broke out of prison, she asks, apprehensively? No, a mental institution. And Chenny wouldn't be with them unless something was wrong with the mind. Does that run in the family? <laughs> It was a nice little... Uh, She kind of takes a step back from him. Matrix pulls out the syringe he stole filled with the mind control serum. And get this shit. Dr. Don Bergman is a fucking biochemist. And she can analyze this shit at her lab to find out what's been going on. Hell yeah. How fortuitous. Did I use the term fortuitous? Oh, wait. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you did. I'm actually... Spot on. I'm actually in English. I just don't want to answer these questions. But they have to go right now, she says. The sooner she can analyze it, the sooner they can save her sister Sandy and Jenny. It is not out of bounds. Jenny! A nice biochemist at the Hunt Slash Tavern. On a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. Wednesday. Afternoon. They have to relax, too. Uh, Yax just had a very good point. They rescue Sandy... You want to throw some money in on if she's back at the Hunt and Slash the next day? <laughs> you know she is. This is a new start for you, Sandy. You can do great things with your life now. I'll be at the old HS. I could enroll back in school with that guy with the headband. You should throw that out. I'm going to the Hunt and Slash. You should throw that out in your class. HS! 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 What is that, man? Hold Hunt somebody? Slash. No, Hunt and Slash, buddy. <laughs> Try it. Let us know how it goes. <laughs> I shall. Actually, my professor would probably laugh. Is he younger than you? No. Okay, good. Uh, We cut to an empty warehouse where a heavily mulleted dude is doing crunches while smoking a hand-rolled cigarette. Miss Maelstrom interrupts his workout to ask him if he remembers Afghanistan. Predator line. Yes, I remember Afghanistan. How's my Russian? Serviceable. Serviceable. 
Uh, he says, as we cut to a flashback of Afghanistan, and there are jets soaring overhead and a giant Russian military vehicle parked. Seriously, how do you get this shit? They've got some budget, man. Where do you find the shit in Texas? Surplus? Well, gonna, well, a I'm giant mili- no, I mean, Russian military vehicle. Well, if he's, well, if he's here, if jet planes. If he's here in there? Central Time, if he's here, well, that was. CG. And none of it could have been stock footage of any kind. No, yeah, because that. they show the characters in it. Well, no, no, well, no, no, that, that, no. The jets are probably oh, okay, you know well, CG. I was pretty drunk now, the, by the yeah. time I got to this point. In the movie. But I mean, they've, <laughs> they've got National Guard res- or armories all over the place. I mean, yeah, and we've can, learned from history they'll just let you use that shit. Well, if you probably have the money to pay them, they might. If you show up with a PVC pipe through your well, chest, may, they well, might not ask maybe, any questions. Maybe uh, Barrett is a reservist. Well, maybe well. one of them has some connections in. Maybe they do. I mean, we knew what a colonel that got us where. <laughs> Nowhere. No, <laughs> no chance. chance. That's what he told us. <laughs> hey, we're doing a stupid short film about a bunch of guys and a. Can we get a? Hey, is there any way we can get a military headquarters? You know, my f- lifelong friend. No, no chance. chance. Okay. Uh, Good call by him. Can we just get close enough to take a picture? No. (laughs) The Soviet soldiers start playing some upbeat Middle Eastern dance music. Sure, I'm going to take you four guys to a little place called Guantanamo Bay. (laughs) Where are we we going? Helicopter, though. Uh, HS. HS. (laughs) GB. (laughs) GB. All right. Uh, well, the Soviet soldiers start playing some upbeat Middle Eastern dance music on an old transistor radio. Before you know it, they're all dancing their fucking asses off. Man, they're squatting down, kicking their legs out. They're humping bushes. They're raising the fucking roof. It's a really funny scene. And we see the heavily mulleted guy, uh, Yakov, in a flashback. <laughs> also a nice touch. Uh, joining in on the fun. He's got real short hair and a bray at this point. That made me laugh at that point. Yakov? I, I don't... Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know why I I laughed at this scene, but I totally did. Oh no, no no! There's also a prisoner there with a burlap sack over his head, covered in blood. He dancing, starts dancing his ass off, and they stay on that bloody prisoner with the sack on his head, dancing, and all of them dancing. You knew I for so long, and I was just like, this is beautiful. I love comedy that goes for it, and this scene goes on so long and so extreme. It won me over by doing both those things. I think great cinematic comedy is often truly absurd, and this scene does just that with precision skill. I mean, it was basically like an ISIS guy about to get his head cut off, and he's dancing, <laughs> and the music is so ridiculous. Well, it's almost like and Mel, it's so almost happy. like Mel Brooks in the uh, Spanish Inquisition scene, where the you know the prisoners the are up there. Yeah. I was I couldn't stop laughing at this scene. I thought it was just call those a Siberian soiree. <laughs> Well, just then, word comes in on the walkie-talkie from Moscow that they want that bloody prisoner who's dancing around transferred, but they got no escorts to get him to their final destination. It's on this very footloose and fancy-free squad to get him there. You're best-trained, best-equipped soldiers. Still in flashback mode, we then cut to an American army base where Mantrick is lighting up a stogie as his men, including Barrett, load their weapons in preparation for battle. This is very much the scene from Predator when he's getting his plans. The other soldiers don't really understand why Barrett is wearing a chainmail vest with one here with the headphones. With one even delivering the Yak Boy classic line as he looks at Barrett in the chainmail. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was classic. I mean, seriously, like 
who dresses, this, who dresses well, this like is the thing this? that we see, always said from Commando. I mean, he never changes. He goes everywhere. He's in the airport, like with guns and <laughs> knives on. Like, I'll be, the, I'll see you, John. I'll, I'll be waiting. Like, I mean, uh, he sir, could, can you remove the I chain mean, mail? Pre-9/11, you can else? walk into an airport Major like that. Could have just leaned out the window. Excuse me, security. That guy has a gun. What? <laughs> Who? Oh, leather pants, dog tags, chain mail. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> well. Uh, General Kirby enters the room and gives them their marching orders to rescue the U.S. captive. Barrett says, we don't need help from those Afghan rebels. And Kirby reminds him, this is not a game. As we see the military map on the table littered with game pieces and dice. <laughs> yeah, it's like the there was an old game called Axis and Allies. I think those are those pieces. Yeah. But this was a very rare Zucker Brothers, Pat Prof, Jim Abrams kind of airplane, naked gun. This is the first kind of... Attempt at humor like this. This is not a game, and it, it is a game. Like, <laughs> I, I liked it. This, this, it was hot shots all of a sudden. Yeah. Part do, part do. War. It's, it's fantastic. fantastic. Which, by the way, part do is a far superior oh, film God, than yes. the first hot shots. Overall, yes. The 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 first hot shots. There were certain scenes in oh, there no, where was, I just I great, busted a gut, but like dude. it was not a complete. It was. The first one was just like certain, like a like a series of scenes. Do went crazy, yeah, and do went nuts from start to finish. <laughs> from start to finish. I mean, by the end of it, you had do all over your face. Uh, Matrix tells his men to not keep the flyboys waiting. Let's get to the chopper. Let's get to the chopper. And get this: unlike our sorry asses, they actually have a fucking chopper to get to. No green screen. We see him get in it's it, an actual and then we chopper. cut up in the sky <laughs> with them flying an actual in it. Chopper. Wait, wait, it's them sitting in we it. Got, we got in a chopper. Yeah. Go watch our hipster film. Tell me that's not the interior of a chopper. Got a little bit of lightning outside the corner of No Hope tonight. Hey, come on. You tell me that's not a real chopper. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry. You're right, God. All right, it was not real. Oh, and we see the Soviets riding around in that giant infantry vehicle now. They didn't fake that either. What is the budget on this movie? I'm curious. Who do you know? It was directed by Matt Cheney. <laughs> that would make sense. Once they connect with the Afghan rebels via very naked gun style comedic handshake, complete with sound effects, so now they're going full blown Zucker Brothers humor. Uh, Barrett stops Mantrix and tells him that once the mission's complete, he's found an all male, no females allowed cruise to Valverde, and he <laughs> thinks they could all do for a little R and R, real male bonding. Matrix tells him he should file this away with all your other bad ideas, like all leather pants for the squad, sand volleyball courts, and the rubber fists. Now get back in line and shut up. I'm sorry, I yes, laughed. Yes, sir, Barrett says, but he's not happy. I, I actually laughed out loud on that one. Some more uh, hints into Barrett's actual character. And they're filling in gaps from the original All male cruises, rubber fists. The filmmakers here have finally answered the big question of what went wrong with Barrett and Ma- Ma- Mantrix's working relationship. Well, part of it. Uh, but when the big nighttime <laughs> firefight goes down, Barrett goes nuts and starts killing their allies. Daddy's here to give you a spanking, he says before <laughs> he starts shooting. Eh? More insight. and that Very cl- uh, deep insight. And that plays a part in the dissolution of their working relationship, too, obviously. Uh, the gay stuff and the killing their allies. Uh, there were some really good practical effects, and it was a nighttime gun battle, but you could see everything. You could see blood coming out of the... Every time uh, the sniper rifles went off, you just good hits. It was really well done. 
and I guess I should mention that Rambo shows up here and rescues the hostage very quickly. Yeah. But like the doctor said, Rambo weighs like a buck fifty soaking wet and just a guy <laughs> with a curly wig and a, a red bandana. Uh, the scene ends with Yakov. I just liked the tie-in. I thought it was kind of nice. Cool. And Mantrix staring each other down and firing at each other at point-blank range. <laughs> Again, Naked Gun, we saw it. Hot Shots, we've seen it. The old Police Squad TV show used it. Like that, shooting yeah. each other like this. Put the gun down. I can't hear what you're saying <laughs> when you keep shooting it. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but when Mantrix shoots a grenade his way uh, towards Yakov, we assume that was the end of the old Russian uh, guy. If this wasn't a flashback brought on by the currently alive Yakov, so we know, A, he's made out alive, and B, that's where he got his nickname, the Crimson Cockroach. This guy, this fucker just won't die. Just won't die. He's going to live to yak off another day. He will be <laughs> yakking off all over the place for years to come. And Am I right, Yats? Well, that was his name after all. Now we know what happened in Afghanistan. He'll have years to come. <laughs> oh. Back at the Special Forces camp, Barrett approaches Mantrix to celebrate a job well done and hit the shower. Hey, how about we all hit the showers? John slams Barrett against the wall. What the hell's wrong with you? Well, not shower at the same time. No, not that. <laughs> Mantrix saw him shoot the friendly rebels, and that's it. Barrett's kicked out of the unit. Off the team. All I ever wanted was in your unit, John. (laughs) Uh, All I ever wanted was your unit, John. John. Uh, No, to be in your unit, unit, John. We then cut back from the (laughs) flashback to Miss Maelstrom rubbing her temples. Jesus, that was a long flashback, she (laughs) says. It really was. It was like a ten-minute flashback. Uh, She asks Yakov if he wants another crack at the son of a bitch who killed his comrades. And kind of gives her this little smile. Cigar? Uh, same thing. Uh, picking up a lot... Again, it's not really a strong cigar, uh, but the flavor's kind of intensified once you get into that halfway and then into the it two-thirds. Does, it, well, it definitely goes up to the medium. medium yeah, and, and and like I said, the flavors are just a little bit more heavy on the palate, which I really like. Uh, the Retro Hell's been consistent. There's not a lot of tra- uh, change and transition in this cigar. It's just that nice bread leather. I mean, it's got a just a just a tad bit of earthiness, but not a lot. I mean, it's nice. Yeah, bread and leather, man, bread and leather, and it is an earthiness, but it's a very different earthiness than yeah, like the yeah. Nic- a Nicaraguan. It's not the volcanic. Barrett's autobiography. Bread and leather, the Barrett story. <laughs> Your toast. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not tasting any mineral in this, so it's not like Barrett. You liking it? The mineral I am. Still. You're having to re-like quite a bit as yeah, well. Yeah, I am, so. but I mean, I maybe I should have class. I, maybe know, I should have dry boxed these for a couple days. Maybe you I didn't would be punctilious in assuming that, that. That's an entire possibility. Nice I mean, work. Other than that, you know, like I said, it, it, there's not a, just a ton of transitions, but, but I mean, it's been solid. It has gotten stronger. I've noticed a pickup in the strength level. I it do is. like it's that. It's full medium strength at the at the midway point. I'm actually it's the sp- subtle. I mean, the spice on the nose. Excuse me. Is stronger to me. It's, it, yeah, uh, I was gonna say. I mean, that that, that spice is there. I'm, other than that, I, I'm you know, I'd be like, tut that. It was just that that bread. It is nice. Yeah. Um, it's it's going really well with these beers. Real quick before we leave Yakov, didn't you think the actor? This is just me, but the actor playing him, it's hard to see under that mullet wig, but you can kind of see it in the flashback when he had short hair. 
If they ever do a biopic like The Dirt on Guns N' Roses, this dude should play Axl Rose. He looked so similar. And he was a good actor. But he looked so similar to me. He could pull off Axl Rose. Clinton Dale's the guy's name. That's your Axl Rose. A good buttery bourbon with this. Mm. That would be good. That would be pretty good. Yeah. Nice little warmth. But a little bit on the buttery side. I know a lot of bourbon drinkers aren't... They don't a good really buttery bourbon that. would go good with a candy cigarette, let's be honest. A buttery bourbon would go good with anything. <laughs> that's that's kind of true. Uh, I'm going to actually switch to the IPA next and see how that interacts with this. Yeah. I totally forgot that we had that. All right, Yeah, we'll get one of those next up here in a minute. Uh, all right, well, back to the movie. Just then, Mantrix and Dr. Don Bergman arrive at the lab. Before she can get out of the car, Mantrix has put the security guard in a chokehold, getting him to pass out. Why the hell did you do that, she yells. He'll live, Mantrix quips. No, no, no. I work here. I have a key card. That he's was kind of funny. He just kind of shrugs and dumps the body. They race up to her lab, and while she tests the Mad Doctor serum, she tells Mantrix to screw around the internet so he can find out anything. But he's been locked up for ten years. So he just starts clumping away at the I'm sorry. I actually like it because every time you see Arnold Schwarzenegger type, he has Arnold Schwarzenegger's type. It could be like just a couple of keystrokes. All, all pointer fingers? No, 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 no. He doesn't know what he's doing. He just... <laughs> well, that's what Mantrix does, and all of a sudden all these pop-ups start shooting up on the screen. You know, 1990s style. He's immediately infected with a virus. He immediately went to a wrong website. <laughs> uh, he's completely frozen up everything. I did like that little... That was a nice thing. Uh, she then puts her doctor glasses on, and within seconds, we see scans on the computer screen of the effects the drug has on the human brain. I don't wear these for good looks, buddy. <laughs> I heard that. Do they make you wear those as part of being a doctor? It's like this. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> put them on. Put them on. Oh, okay. E equals MC squared, and of course, as you know, Tuttle, from your studies in biochemistry and calculus, that uh, that is the correct way to uh, formulate the theory of relativity. I'm at community college, dude. <laughs> you know what we call you guys? Bunch of yak-offs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, USA. Yak boy, you don't take offense to that term, do you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's ever called you a yak-off. Nice. Not to your face. Wait, you're calling me a yak off? When Otherwise, I'm not you around? get somebody a chokehold and put him to sleep. Am I right? You are calling me a yak off with another. Easy, easy. Yes, I knew it. Hey, easy. yak boy ain't no yak off. Yeah. yeah. You son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> well, within. S- with the glasses on, I can see that. Oh, God. I thought you still had them <laughs> off. I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> Within, I'm not kidding. She puts those glasses on. Within seconds, there's a thing of the human brain on her screen, and she has all the answers. She just happens to be the world's finest drug analyzer, and she has already come up with a compound that can neutralize its effect on the human Within brain. Within seconds. Glasses. That's true, man. <laughs> yeah. But outside the lab, Miss Maelstrom <laughs> is assembling her team, one of which is wearing, did you see Jesse the Body's MTV shirt? Yeah. From Predator, and when she I actually tells, want that shirt. I, it was like I saw that immediately. I was like, "What the fuck?" I know. Who, where, where are they getting he, this stuff? Yeah, where did he get that? I yeah. have looked everywhere. Yeah, we, we, we did our Predator spoof, Hipster, now available on YouTube and on our Facebook page. And you should definitely check that you shit out. We, we do a damn good job of recreating the world of Predator. Uh, we ended up going with the uh, Dick Nose. What are you looking at, Dick Nose shirt from Teen Wolf? And I think it works beautifully. Yeah. Yes. It was a good call. 
Um, but I, I, I do want that MTV shirt. Yeah. Well, uh, I actually saw it at like Kohl's or something recently. Oh, yeah, you son of a... I still want to get Yaks. I was there buying socks. I, I still want to get Yaks one of those Greasy Tonys t-shirts. Oh, greasy Tonys. <laughs> well, Miss Maelstrom tells her team as they're loading their guns that they have the Crimson Cockroach on their side to take down Mantrix, and they're all instantly relieved. He's a legend. Uh, they enter the lab facility and begin filling it with tear gas. Mantrix smells it and orders Dr. Dog Bergman to grab her compounds quickly, because in a few minutes I'm going to be handing out some compounds of my own. She's looking at her microscope. What kind of compounds? He looks in the, into the camera. Compound fractions. Oh, come on. That was awesome. That was the best one-liner of the movie by far. That was I actually, awful, I actually man. rewound that one. That was, that it was, was his the, best delivery. It was the best written one. That was up there. He, do you want to be a farmer? Here's a couple Come of acres. Compound fractures, dude. Brilliant. Good. Okay. I, I was. That was really good. Well, Dr. Don Bergman just rolls her eyes like, oh, this idiot. Uh, and resumes looking at her microscope. She has to get these dosages just right. It'll take her another ten seconds. What's your favorite season? Fall. <laughs> I mean, look at this guy coming up with stuff. <laughs> College is good I, for you. I love Arnold one-liners, man. Oh, yeah, me too. And, and, and he's, they do some pretty good ones here. The backhoe, that was good. Oh, but, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're... They're true fans. They, they actually in, are. You can they see are. in every yeah. part of this movie they are Arnold fans, which I can't believe the Arnold fans, our friends over at Arnold Radio, haven't latched on to this thing. They're like, well, there's a litigation pending. Unless they don't want to like piss off their friends in the Arnold world. like Maybe Arnold's like, fuck this movie. Arnold doesn't know about this movie. I would be really curious. I would be really curious. There's no way Arnold Schwarzenegger knows this movie exists. His lawyers know this movie I would think he wouldn't experience. give a shit at this point. I don't think that he does either. Well, he has no claim to the copyright material. I mean, yeah, but you know how lawyers are. Uh, you know how freaking rights are, especially if they're aggressive in trying to maintain an IP. Yeah, but I, I could see the studio doing that, not him. Yeah, yeah. Um, you want an IPA? Yes, please. Okay. I would just, like I said, I would just be very, very kind of curious so just to kind of see. Fucking questions for this film. Maker. I know, and I'm kind of surprised that you didn't respond. Well, no, I'm not surprised. Hey, that you some didn't people respond. don't check their Instagram messages. Some people don't check their Facebook messages. I could have maybe found another avenue, but we're getting close to doing this, and I'm like, okay. Well, I would think that a filmmaker would. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want a lot of attention paid to this thing. He, <laughs> this thing he worked so hard on and did a really good job at. I don't know. It's worth mentioning that while all of uh, Miss Maelstrom's team is wearing military-grade gas masks that invade the building, Yakov, the Crimson Cockroach, nothing, and he's not shedding a tear. Nothing gets to this guy. Uh, when Mantrix easily takes out a few of the men, he finds himself engaged once again in a knife-on-knife combat with the Crimson Cockroach. John Mantrix, do you remember Afghanistan? Been trying to forget. Not so easy for me. You killed my comrades! And when he says that, we cut to a flashback of all the Soviet guys dancing to that music again. Come on, that was good. Uh, Mantrax, uh, Mantrax tells Yakov, come on, let's party. And Yakov says in Russian, no chance. It's on. I actually like this little sequence here. It was a better knife fight than the, the recreation of the basement knife fight. Done. Yeah. It was, it was shot better. It wasn't bad at all. They have a pretty intense knife fight while Miss Maelstrom hunts down Dr. Don Bergman. Uh, when she captures the buxom doctor in a headlock... Yak boy, she was buxom, correct? Indeed. 
I'm not going to ask community college that. Do they have buxom chicks at community college? Uh, I'm still processing. I don't. I, I just don't know what to say. You just I, you just started a couple classes in. Uh, dude, I'm like decades older than them. <laughs> I, I, can, oh, yeah, I, can I say that? No, they I don't are? think so. You can I be. Mean, in, yeah, no, you might be on poor, don't, cha- poor I don't, taste. I don't know what the laws are. I just. I think if you're at community college, you're of age. Yeah, they're at. Yes, they're in college. They're in college. Unless you're like one of those little. If you're one of those smart kids that races, you're not going to community college with Tuttle. <laughs> she graduated high school at 13. Here's her new class. <laughs> Seems like she'd be better off back in high school. Classholes, the new sitcom. <laughs> Why did I work so hard? HH, baby. HH. Um, I just missed out on Yale. <laughs> Shot down Stanford. Said the uh, offer wasn't good enough. Here I am. Dr. Don stabs uh, Maelstrom with a syringe full of the mind control serum. She asks her where their hideout is, and she confesses it's off the coastal highway. Could you be more generic? That could be anywhere. Uh, but that's good enough for Dr. Don Bergman. Then she instructs instructs the now docile mercenary into shooting the heavily mulleted Yakov. So Maelstrom marches out and shoots Yakov with a fucking mortar to the chest. Saving Mantrix's hide. He was struggling that night fight with the Crimson Cockroach. As as Yakov uh, jumps up, Mantrix and Dr. Don Bergman run off. Crimson Cockroach dusts off the mortar dust from him. He jumps up and starts running after him. Raining fire with his AK-47 as Mantrix says, Let's get to the Bema! Maelstrom then attacks the Crimson Cockroach again, buying them some more time. Just as Yakov jumps out in the parking lot and is about to get them in the crosshairs again, General Kirby runs his ass over in a Hummer and <laughs> saves the day. Come with me if you want to live, soldier. Uh, they jump in, but we see by his raised fist that once again the Crimson Cockroach, a name he doesn't care for, by the way, who would, uh, has survived. This fucker is indestructible. Again, I love the colonel's voice. He does sound like Rambo's commander. I can't wait. What was the call sign? Uh... Come in, Rambo. I didn't think he didn't remind me of him. To me, he did. Absolutely. And every time he called him John, which was John Mantrix's name, yeah. but every time he said John, I kept thinking John Jay. You know who else will survive everything that Lice throws at him, boys? What's that? Who's that? That's right. I'm talking about Dirty Fabian with Drew Estate. And if I'm talking about unconventional Fabian being indeed invincible, which I truly believe he is, uh, then you know I'm talking about the unconventional, indestructible tobacco special cigars. Mm-hmm. Brought to you by the same folks who created Sweet Jane, La Le Vieja Habana, and much, much more. Available in your choice of either extra dark Connecticut broadleaf or natural Connecticut shade wrappers. They envelope. Envelope? Envelope. It's envelope. A Sumatra binder Is and it a. Envelope? No, no one's ever said it like that. I think you were right. I think I am. Envelop? It is envelop. No. Excuse me. Who here there's is an in the English e, class? There's an E at the end. Envelop. Envelope. They there's the noun envelope, which we send Correct. mail in. Correct. 
And then I believe there's envelop without the E. There's also a creature that looks much like a deer called the antelope. antelope. And there's a round fruit that I enjoy periodically called the cantaloupe. This is envelop. You envelop it. You the, surround it. The, cig- the cigars are made of a Sumatra binder and Nicaraguan Criollo filler leaves. Before aging, the cantaloupes are... I mean, sorry, the cigars are slowly infused with Nicaraguan estate-grown cantaloupes. Or coffee. Look what you've done now. All I can think about are cantaloupes. The smoke is medium to full body, depending on the wrapper. They're it's called in can- uh, cantaloupes. <laughs> Don't you start. It's rich cantaloupe flavors. Tobacco flavors, damn it. Commingling. You got a problem with that one? No. Uh, with the unmistakable aroma of coffee and cantaloupes, or coffee and some sweetness, a perfect early morning or after dinner smoke. And if you don't believe me, ask this guy. Am I right? Perfect in the morning or in the evening. Correct. Go with the Connecticut shade uh, in the morning. Go with the darker Negra in the afternoon. Home, home on the range where the deer and the antelope play. I believe it's the cantaloupes play. The antelopes. The antelopes. <laughs> I do like me some tobacco. If you don't believe me, go try one for yourself. But Tut, you're a fan. I am a fan. Like them on the deck. And if they're on Tut's deck, you know they're pretty good. You ever eat a cantaloupe out on the deck? Yeah, actually I have. Okay. I have me that some means can- they're good. I like me some cantaloupe. I'm a big fan of the cantaloupe. I love a cantaloupe. What's not to love? Juicy, great taste. I'm really surprised no one's done like a lot of drinks with cantaloupes. I would think a cantaloupe daiquiri or a cantaloupe. At the pub, do you guys ever incorporate cantaloupes with drinks? No. Should. If you did, would you tell, like, if a chick walked up to the bar, it's like, what would you say? This cocktail envelopes a medley of cantaloupes. Envelopes. Surrounds. Encompasses. Oh, that's a good word. Encompasses. Encompasses. I like Next that. Next week, I'm using encompasses. I'm going to make a... <laughs> boy, make a note for that in my notes. Um... <clears throat> Okay, uh, I am over the halfway mark. Doctor, you're in the final third. You're with me, Act Boy, halfway. You're in your final third. Let me guess. Bready, leather, spice on the nose, strength has picked up a little bit. Yeah. Everything's the same. I'd say he's enveloped the flavor profile. You have enveloped the pl- fa- the flavor profile. I'm getting a little bit of cantaloupe. Am I the only one getting cantaloupe <laughs> on this thing? Yes. You keep talking about it, it's all going to be tasty. <laughs> Oh, no, I, it's I think a, it's a citrusy beer too. Like it's cantaloupe are beer. Are you guys getting notes of cantaloupe on the beer? If I'm, am I not oh. wrong? Because I haven't had a lot of Cuban type Cuban type cigars or pure Cubans, but not quite yet, sir. They do to me tend to be a little bit more dry on the palate, and they do tend to have that bread note. Is that consistent with Cubans? Well, I think they're more consistently less complexity because they're traditionally, well, not traditionally, they're they're 100% Cuban tobacco. Right. You're not going to get like you know, our, we're spoiled with a, you know, a Connecticut wrapper, mad scientist, Sumatra tobaccos a binder, from all over the world, Nicaragua. We, you know, we smoke cigars with up to six different countries involved. Yeah. No, Cuban's a Cuban. There's no other. There's no other soil. There's no other. You know. Well, that's one thing that's uh, that, and this is total. This could be totally off and left base. One thing that I'm kind of curious about is that the way the Cuban government regulates all their kind of Cuban products, like even in jazz, like there's a specific type of Cuban jazz that they want 
their musicians to be 100% authentic. And that's kind of tough with musicians because they want to experiment and do all these crazy things. But the government's like, no, this is Cuban music. This is Cuban jazz. So, the guy, like, so we want you to be the like snare drum a little too much. The government comes in like absolutely. No. Uh, the trumpeter you put Art- too many pickles on that Cuban sandwich. <laughs> the the trumpeter Arturo. Oh, that's uh, stuff. Cuban right now. The the trumpeter Arturo Fuente actually fled Cuba because he wanted. To, he was a big fan of Dizzy Gillespie in the states. Wanted to play more jazz. Wanted to branch out, but the government was so restrictive. Still on to this day, though, I mean, that was a while ago. I, I, I don't know. Went I wanted mean, to make that Mr. Burns that's, song. That's why I'm saying Burns, if you're looking dun, at dun, uh, dun, dun, if you're Mr. looking at Burns, Cuban cigar makers, do they have the freedom to experiment? Do they have the freedom to you know put in other tobaccos in there? It'd be interesting to find out. I, Given I, that their best baseball players run through the jungle and get on a boat <laughs> to get over here through shark-infested waters, I'm going to say no, there's not a lot of freedom. <laughs> I think you're probably right. A lot of those are just you know, bass players that want to play at the lower end of their bass. And they no get, baseball. They get in an inner tube, they grab their bass guitar, and they... I'm just saying, but, I, I'm just saying because like that, that profile, and like you could even see it with like a... Willie's Herrera Esteli, where he was trying to be more conventional to the Cuban style. Yeah. You know, you still get that breadiness in there, that leather and that breadiness that's kind of consistent. Uh, I've actually picked up a little creaminess. Um, well, you know I'm going to miss that. You, you won't get it, but... Uh, yeah, let me know if it gets to you. The the breadiness to me is kind of transitioned to a nice creaminess. The leather is still uh, prominent, but it's a nice creaminess. Uh, just all of a sudden, uh, leading up to the final third, um, and it seems to be burning a little better. I'm having getting to relight a lot it a more. Little a lot more of a, a well, obviously heat because I'm towards the end, but I'm getting a lot more of a little a, a spice there. Yeah, there's to me that I was just about to say there's almost a little bit of a almost a pepper introduced on the retro hell in the last third. Have you not been getting that the whole time? Not like pronounced. Yeah, it's, it's been there, but subtle. Yeah, now it's picked up. Yeah. The strength and the, the the spice on the nose is it's hovering a little bit. It, I had a couple sneezes there a minute ago yeah. from the spice on the nose. All right, so creamy. I'm me. really enjoying it. Yeah, I, I see why Arnold, you know, has a thousand of these in his in his Hummer and just grabs one and lights it up. You're not gonna be a you know. And I can well, also I'm, see I can also see why he gravitates, why he found a friend in Daniel Marshall's cigars. Uh, Daniel Marshall cigars have that same kind of singular, nice, yeah, you know, profile. Not a lot of complexity, but if you like what that cigar gives you, yeah, uh, there's some leather, yeah, um, which which we do like with, the Daniel Marshall in the, in profile the, in the mild to medium range. I could see why he smokes Daniel Marshall's. Well. I remember early in my uh, cigar career, if you will, uh, or my cigar journey. Uh, where journey. I was like, it's your journey. Where I was uh, heavy into the Dominicans, and uh, I, I did like the Monte Cristos. They had the uh, the Monte Cristo twos. I was always coming the Monte Cristo white label twos. I was a big fan of. Uh, I really liked their uh, Texas edition that w- when they came out. Well, that was a bit more on the heavy side. That was he- that was way heavier. Yeah. Uh, but I remember talking to a guy in France uh, that we were friends with, and he was like. If you like the if you like the number twos, you, unfortunately you're not getting the full flavor because they're different. Because like he's in France, they can get the Cubans over there, and he was like, it is a beautiful, beautiful cigar. So when you introduced this as a Cuban, I was like, holy shit, I'm about to have that cigar, yeah. and it hasn't disappointed. 
It's nice. It's nice, and I and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna say 100. percent My relight issues are due to the cigar. I was I tried to give it a little bit of a different approach by dry boxing it. Ah. Maybe I could have done it two days sooner. Um, and like I said, I keep my humidity around 68, which they say Cubans need to be kept. It's a completely different yeah product, so you, they got to do lower. But uh, I I'm not complaining. It's, it's been a really enjoyable smoke. This IPA. Is so much more my wheelhouse than, oh, yeah. than that Pilsner. Uh, citrus. This Ferrari is so much in my wheelhouse as opposed to that, you know, you know Roland. Ford Fiesta that we were drinking earlier. Uh, really nice citrus on the nose and then just made exclusively with cryo hops. Uh, it's not super bitter, but it's very floral. Extremely ah. floral, and I, you know what? If they had had more of this, this is this would not have interfered with the cigar. No, it's just citrusy and floral, but not overpowering. This uh, this IPA actually would have worked with the cigar. Okay, it, it's not a, it's not a kick you in the nuts, you know, knock out your teeth IPA. It's it's really enjoyable. Okay, I like this beer a lot. General Kirby informs them that Dr. Mengel was solely responsible for Yakov, the Crimson Cockroach. You see, the doctor was in charge of the Soviet super soldier program during the Cold War, and Yakov was his prized pupil. Dr. Don Bergman tells the general that she was she has the antidote that can save Chenny, her sister Sandy, who we pretty much agreed it's not worth saving, and everybody else if he can take them to Generalissimo's lair. And how do you know where that lair is? You got the exact coordinates, he asks? Well, Maelstrom said off the coastal highway, so how hard could it be to find? Oh, okay. Was Yakov as a super soldier, and then because you've already got Rambo, and because you had the John McClane, was he supposed to be kind of like a Van Damme? That, was it Universal Soldier or whatever? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but get this. That's their Dolph. Their Dolph. They don't have the exact coordinates. But they do, because they listed the address on that save-the-date wedding card that they handed out. <laughs> so they just have that card, and they're like, all right, we know exactly where it is. It could be a trap, though. So Mantrix says they'll need to go shopping. Yes. As you remember in the original Commando, he goes shopping at the Surplus City. The surplus City, yep. So we cut to an all-night Army Surplus store where Mantrix walks in wearing the outfit from the very first Terminator movie. Yes. Sorry, buddy, we're closed, the guy says. It takes two to tango. The guy smiles, but we only accept cash. <laughs> well, tango and cash? <laughs> ah, nice. Uh, the guy smiles, and he recognizes Mantrix, and it is go time. He's happy to supply him with all the good shit. As Mantrix demands the face plasma rifle in the 40-watt range and Uzi 9mm, the dude asks him, Is this for pleasure or revenge? Both. I always wanted to pick out a new set of golf clubs that way. Give me the tailor-made burn driver, <laughs> ten and a half swift, the four iron. Man, this guy certainly knows his club. The four iron and the forty-watt range. Any of these would be ideal I want the for big putting. Bertha driver, for, uh, the lob wedge with laser sighting. Any would be ideal <laughs> for getting out of the rough or. Uh, I close early today. I close early today. Wrong. I reach in and grab some brand new golf balls out of the sleeve. You can't do that. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Is and there like that IPA, doctor? Uh, I like it a lot. Oh man, it's. Is there any chance that you can say Uzi nine millimeter without doing the Uzi nine millimeter? Uzi nine millimeter? No, I can't. The Uzi nine millimeter. <laughs> Hold on. 
We then joined the evil Dr. Mengele. Which, by the way, was the greatest 80s gun of all time. Oh, everyone yeah. had the Uzi 9mm. That and the MAC-10. That and the MAC-10. That was pretty much your bad guy gun in the old days. Uh, they were the worst ones because, literally, they were not made for screen time because if you pulled the trigger, you would be out of bullets. You are out of bullets. <laughs> Done. Uzi 9mm with a 200-round clip. It's like this long. It's <laughs> a five-foot clip. Especially Chuck Norris in Beijing USA. He had those two little Mac-10s that fired like 300 rounds from his shoulder holsters. <laughs> he literally just fired them like this. <laughs> Forever. And they hit everything. They got ten bullets. It's a machine pistol. Hey, There's actually two guys that follow on his left and right that are constantly hey, we've reloading. Hey, come a long way now. Any citizen can arm themselves with like a... Th- you know, 30 round magazine and a much more accurate rifle and do whatever he wants. Yeah, but just, it lacks the panache of the MAC 10. Message! Message! <laughs> no, we don't get any messages here. Uh, what? We then uh, join the evil Dr. Mengele at his evil laboratory. Doctor? I have at, a laboratory. As he's hard to work on his evil experiments. You only do good experiments, though, My right? experiments aren't evil. I have a laboratory, but my experiments Wait, are what, meant for what good. What is the laboratory evil? I'll tell you what. There's a human spinal cord and rib cage and some jars of formaldehyde. And get this. Oh, we've all got one of those. If you got a laboratory, <laughs> you got to have that. you got to have the spinal yeah. cord. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, it's a laboratory. He ch- <laughs> that what you pee I, in, I right? I purposely said it the way you taught me, You have a laboratory. He chats with Barrett. The, as he's chatting with Barrett, the German doctor, weirdo, is drinking from the boot of remembrance. How cool is that? <laughs> Are you sure this guy doesn't live two doors down? <laughs> he's swinging from the boot, baby. That's where the boot comes from, is the German soldiers in World das War One in the trenches. Das boot. Yeah. They, they drank from You're each other. You're going to be out getting the mail from tomorrow or next day. You're going to look over. <laughs> and a dude with the pipe in his chest. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. No, Cade's like, where's my newspaper? And all of a sudden he's right behind you at the pipe. Right here, Cade. Right here, Cade. Your training. Let's Your party. podcast. Your podcast, Cade. Uh, well, Dr. Mangel's been busy. As busy as you could possibly be drinking out of a giant boot filled with beer. Trust me on that. You can't be that busy. Uh, <laughs> Take some effort. Takes a little bit of effort. And he's filled a small syringe with just enough serum to give a man instant youth. I'm guessing he's been using that on himself. He's been around since you know the World War, and he's got this blonde. He had an age of the day. He's got a luscious blonde wig. It's clearly, yeah. uh, it's clearly a wig. Um, I hate. It gives him super strength, and it makes men more than just a man. Barrett likes that. Barrett style. But it's only for special men, indeed. And he warns Barrett, "You're not special." <laughs> so a man such as yourself must only take a fraction of a dose, or it could lead to severe consequences. Barrett grabs a syringe and says he'll take his chances. You don't know how special a man is until you look deep inside of him. <laughs> take his word for it. I'm really liking the last third of this cigar. Tell me about it. It's rich. It's the same flavors, but it's just like it's just been fun to actually like see these flavors intensify down the length of the cigar. And that last third, it just really kind of it's not doesn't pick up in strength necessarily, but it just picks up in presence, and it's just there. I thought there's a little just, more potency there yeah, towards the end. I like it a lot. I'm having a hard time putting it down. Something no one's ever said to me. 
A little more potency there at the end. And, uh, yeah. You're good out of the gates, I've heard. <laughs> Fades down the stretch poorly. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it, it does. Uh, everything does seem kind of to come out more. Yeah, pronounced just really uh, in the end. I, I agree with it. I'm gonna. Smoke. I hate that the ride's about over. I'm about to have to. I have to dump Again, it. Again, something bur- no one's ever said. <laughs> it, does, it does burn a little hot at the end. Well, we are now at the day of the wedding. At Meta- gen- the metaphors abound at Generalissimo's palace. There's some guards arguing outside uh, about their lack of dental insurance. <laughs> when a white van pulls up to the gate, it's just actually, funny in itself. I it thought it was pretty <laughs> funny. That was a good little banner. Weren't you at the meeting on Tuesday? It was mandatory. Everybody oh, had to be there. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> My copay's killing me. It was almost like a teaching tongue routine. Yeah. It was actually pretty cool. And do you know that one of those guys was one of the rebels that got killed in the opening scene? <laughs> they uh, The white van they pull up in, uh, Matrix and Dr. Don Bergman, very reminiscent of when Kruger and Vanessa Williams were driving around that white van in Eraser. Yeah. That kind of reminded me of that. Dr. Don Bergman is behind the wheel, and she sweet-talks them and the guards into letting her through the gates, as she's told them they're there to cater the wedding. You here for the catering? Oh, yeah, 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 we're doing catering here. Yeah, yeah. Good enough. <laughs> she pulls <laughs> I love the... There was actually some really good timing on this scene, huh? because he gives, her, he gives her the cold eye, like I'm judging you for insight. Yeah, just go down there on the left, it'll <laughs> be fine. <laughs> Uh, she parks the van inside the lavish compound. Lavish? Lavish. Lavish compound. And when she heads off to find her sister Sandy, probably drinking somewhere, <laughs> Mantrix stays in the van to, I gotta get dressed for the party. The only thing is, as he gets suited up in the back of the van, it's a van. <laughs> he keeps banging his head on the ceiling every time he puts on something. So, of course, the van is shaking back and forth. They're hearing him scream. What's going on over there? One of That's the you know catering, catering stuff. stuff. What's going no. on over there? Probably nothing. You know, catering stuff. No. He's getting the cold cuts ready. <laughs> uh, well, they approach the van, guns drawn anyway, but when Matrix swings open the back doors, he knocks them both out cold. Classic. Problem solved. Uh, Tut... Before we enter our final scene, now that the they're at the palace and the winds begin, you're finished. I'm finished. Me and Cody are in our last third. Doctor, where are you at? He's gone. I finished it. Price point. Man, I have no clue because it's Cuban. Uh, yeah, I have nothing to base this off of. I don't know. Cuban... Sixteen. Oh, that's well, yeah. Okay, first of all, I'm not going to say that that's wrong because I think you got to take it. In th- I mean, this is a Monte Cristo. It's yeah. not like you know. All right, so it's a Monte Cristo Cuban number two. Uh-huh. It wasn't a white label number two though. Well, white label's not a Cuban cigar. White label's made by General Cigar. And company. that's why it's not a white label. I mean, those, you passed. Those good, are like seven bucks. Good job, Kate. Yeah, I'm write that down. Good job, Kate. Number stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, so you go sixteen. I'll go thirteen five. Doctor, I'll pick up the middle right there. Fifteen. Four fifty. You're actually all kind of right. 
I bought these uh, from a reputable uh, person, without going into details, uh, for 13 Okay. Sans shipping. Sans shipping? Sans. Sans shipping. Uh, I've looked online at some supposedly reputable uh, sites where one can order such cigars. I'm not going to give those away. Uh, anywhere. Because they were on the dark web. 16 16 ish. Um, but, you know, like all contraband, you can find a deal. Um, in Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, we, we paid 13 for these. So how should we base this then on what you paid for it or thirteen? That's what you can get. That's if I, I, if, I would I would say if that I can get them for thirteen, anybody can get them. For I'm it. saying that's good and that's worth it. Yeah, I was gonna say that for a Cuban cigar, Monte Cristo, for as uh, good as it was, for as long as it lasted, yeah. I, I would say thirteen for that is a uh, that's gonna for me that's a that's a good score. Gonna get a good price score. I'm just saying if we could fucking kill that embargo, that price is gonna drop. And that would be so worth it. Looked it looked like we were maybe getting to something there. We're uh, on our way. In our last uh, presidential, the last guy who was in there, uh, but Trump just clamped down on yeah. hard on Cuba. So I don't I don't expect that to happen anytime soon. And that's a shame because that's I mean man a thirteen five, that, that's good that's a good deal. I mean that's that's a good price for this cigar. I'm sure with how it, with I, how difficult it is. I'm to sure, and, and opinions vary. I'm sure if the embargo did lift, and all of a sudden we had access, the price would go up. The demand would be just. I think it would in the short run, but then as they once they flooded the get, market. If all right, so economics here. If if the if the embargo did, you would College have point. you would have an increase on demand. Limited supply, the price would go up, but as investment flowed in, they would ramp up the production, and then the price would come down. I don't know if they are capable of ramping it up. With proper investment, they would be. They That's true, with with an influx of cash. I mean, to your point, though, Tut, that would take a while. It would take a while. I, I, from all accounts, You're absolutely right. by all accounts, their agriculture uh, has suffered After as a result Soviet uh, of the embargo. The uh, Hall of Fame uh, radio broadcaster for the Texas Rangers, Eric Nadell, um, he is a big uh, music fan, and he has actually gone to Cuba. And seen musicians killed for playing the wrong notes. No, but what he's talked about is that what people don't Not understand is how the infrastructure in that country really is still backwards. He said, like, landing at their airport... Getting to a decent hotel, he said. All he said, you're. It's really like it's. It's. He wasn't being negative. He was just saying how the infrastructure, right. because of whether sanctions or their own government and the way they do things, it's. It's like it, it would take. I, I think you're right. At, at first, it is going to be expensive until until the the fat foreign capital comes in there and starts taking it over. They don't have the infrastructure at this point. Even if an embargo were lifted tomorrow. They're not going to have the infrastructure to start bringing these over en masse. It's going to take a well, while. Well, they bring over what yeah. they got. I, I had a friend who just came back from a uh, medical trip over there. He's a doctor, so they do, like, doctor exchanges, which apparently you can still do after the after Trump clamped down. Well, yeah, because they have some of the greatest medical, apparently, he, researchers. He was, actually, he was actually very supportive of their, med, of their uh, medical industry. He said, but their infrastructure is just, just really They're stressed. miserable, but they live forever over there. 
to How? be miserable How? even longer. <laughs> what irony. <laughs> what irony. <laughs> I'm so miserable. Doc, how am I doing? Great. Great. You're going to live to be 120. <laughs> ah, Jesus. Shit. <laughs> Just lay low on the salt. Uh, Man, I, I like I'm that. not that savvy is, enough to really even nice. act like I know what I'm talking about with... Uh, Doctor, could you do something in my misery? No. I can only <laughs> extend it. Oh. Uh, Dr. Don Bergman quickly finds her sister Sandy. How hard could be to find her? She's always drunk. And gives her the antidote just as Mantrix gets his groove on. By that I mean, you know, doing his thing. Once again, the location used here is pitch perfect with giant statues, you know, like Greek statues everywhere, huge columns. Kudos for the last time to whoever location scouted this thing in our great state of Texas. As Mantrix makes his way around, we see for a bit him being watched from up above by Predator Heat Vision. I thought that was kind of an unnecessary throwaway joke at that time. Like, yeah, we get it. We know we're. Well, they, a, they hit on way more than they did. No, so. they hit a lot more than the misses. But I thought, I, you know, I kind of, I actually agreed. At this point, there was only it was one, unnecessary. There was only one more rare miss in this thing, and it was a, kind of a big one later on. I'll get to, but I didn't think we really needed that at this point. Um, down at the backyard clearing, Generalissimo is reassuring Chenny. That he will act as her father today in the wedding ceremony, just like he'll be father to all the people of Valverde soon. But she doesn't seem too relieved at all by his reassurance, especially when he tells her that when her new husband probably won't get close to her tonight, that's probably an accurate call, uh, he will gladly step in and be her poppy in the bedroom. Uh. Oh boy. Just then, the wedding march music begins to play, and the ceremony begins. Surrounded by heavily armed gorillas and an audience of like six totally disinterested people, Generalissimo walks Chenny down the aisle and the proceedings begin. With Mantrix taking aim of it all with a large scope from atop a watchtower. The pastor says that Barrett first swept Chenny off her feet when she was just 15 years old. And then, after uncomfortably clearing his throat, <clears> he. Why don't you guys go ahead and say your vows? Barrett says he takes Chenny to have and to hold hostage as she has written her name on the dog tags of his heart. In return, she says that she lost a father, but she's gained a leather daddy to have and to hold from mustache to ashes, from dust to dust. When the pastor pleads with anyone... Does anyone here object to this? Anyone. Please. Someone please, object to please. this. For God's sakes. Uh, It'd be great if someone like coughed. Sir, sir, sir you have something to say? Suddenly, Matrix, Mantrix starts blasting everybody with his sniper rifle from the watchtower. Consider this a divorce. <laughs> As everyone, all six people attending the wedding, run away in terror, Chenny wakes up. Mantrix shot her first with a bullet filled with the antidote. She grabs a machine gun and points it square at Bennett. You kidnapped me twice, she says. But he swiftly grabs a hostage and shuffles off before she can get her revenge. Well, go ahead. What I love about this scene is that Mantrix actually tries to shoot Barrett, but he shoots him through the pipe. I and missed it that. Kills, I it missed that. It kills the, it kills <laughs> the, the pastor. The pastor, yeah. Oh, it went through the pipe. Yeah, and he's was like, a great scene. Oh. looks around and like the the the, the pastor. I thought he just missed him and went through the pipe. Oh, no, he, the other guy like. No, I saw I thought it was just a miss. The fact it went through the pipe. That's good. Okay. Sully runs away, 
Okay, he limps away with his cane back up to his quarters where he starts packing a bag. He's planning on taking Sandy and himself far away from Mantrix to the islands. They always have good drinks on the islands. Sandy will be happy. Uh, when he sees Dr. Don Bergman holding a pistol with him in the sights, he says, Hey, I'm sure there's a way we can resolve this as reasonable, sexy adults. <laughs> but Dr. Don ain't feeling it, so she shoots him right in the dick. And for a guy like Soli, that's worse than getting shoot between the eyes. Yeah. He's a horn dog. Uh, so blood starts gushing out of his dick hole. That was nice. And we then cut to Mantrix unleashing all sorts of unholy shotgun fire on the rebel army. He retreats into a tool shed, a la the first film, when one of the soldiers yells out, You killed my father with a pitchfork! Mantrix jumps out with a leaf blower. <laughs> Didn't have anything sharp in there. But it's okay, because Chenny, he raised her right, she blasts them to came to come with the machine gun. They have a father-daughter moment where they both apologize, her for shooting him while brainwashed, and him for killing her high school sweetheart. <laughs> and everybody else. I guess I can't solve all your problems with violence. It's something we need to work on for sure, she says. But my fiancé, you can definitely use violence on him. Count on it. And they raise back. For me, she was, the, we- she was the weakest link in this movie, acting-wise. Yeah, but I mean... She was bad. Yeah, she wouldn't go with bad. She wasn't bad, but, you know... Well, I kind of accepted it in the overall context of the film. Yeah, but everybody else really stepped it up. I thought everybody else did a really good job. And Okay. Would I cast her in one of my films? No chance. Big chance. No, no. Sort of a chance? Slight kind of chance. chance. Slight chance. Mediocre chance. Spinning on availability and price? Slight chance. There's she, a chance. She doesn't even get naked. <laughs> Maybe they didn't ask her to. In my opinion, if you're going to hire a not-so-skilled actress, that's why you hire her. That's she's willing to do other things. That but there was no 21st century visionary. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, there's a lot of actors. If she's not that decent of an actress, she may as well show us her tits. I mean, come I on. Know, I'm no. just saying. Yeah, that should have been, uh, uh, what's-his-name, uh, voice. Shit. Sully? No. Slate, Slater. James Spader. Spader voice. Oh, okay. I'll she's try that again. Gonna, she's not going to show the goods. There's a lot riding I mean, on for this. For Christ's sake, it's like she didn't matriculate at the Stella Adler Institute, for Christ's fucking <laughs> sake. I mean, if you're not going to go out there and show me that you picked a thing or two up from Lee Strasberg, the least you can do is show me a little tit. I mean, is that so wrong? Yeah, that was totally worth it. He was. <laughs> he really was. <laughs> nice Lee Strasberg <laughs> reference. <laughs> well done, Doc. Oh, I do, yes. All I meant by that was... I, too, went to college. <laughs> <laughs> when we are casting films and when I've cast films in the past, I watch a lot of tapes of Texas actresses that are very cute. You watch a lot of tapes with women who, are, <laughs> who show the tits. Very, a lot of audition tapes of Texas actresses who are beautiful and can actually act. I didn't think she could act. Turns out that's Chilton's wife. That's his easier next door neighbor. You're gonna get your ass kicked tomorrow. I, I should have looked at IMDb to see if she was related to somebody in this thing. I'm sorry. Just then, yeah. moving on. Uh, just then, we see Barrett uh, strapping on a bizarre. Well, that's always a weird thing to say. <laughs> strapping on a bizarre shoulder pad weaponry system, fully equipped with a robotic claw arm for his his arm. 
But out in the palace, Mantrix and Chenny, now stripped down to her sports bra and panties, because why not, uh, are killing all the bad guys with heavy firepower and slow motion. Dozens of bad guys dead. It's a nice father-daughter moment. Uh, I thought she was a weak link, like I said, but you guys disagreed. Once the Freedom Fighters are all dead, Miss Maelstrom, the arms dealer, shows up and starts shooting and starts shooting uh, their way. So Mantrix leaves Chenny to take care of Maelstrom, and he runs off. He has bigger fish to fry, and that by by that I mean he has like a dozen more soldiers to kill. And I'm not I'm not saying she wasn't the weak link. It's just you said she was terrible, and I just think that in the context of the film, terrible is a little harsh. I guess I'm yeah. used to watching movies like this where everyone's terrible, and I was so surprised right. by the level of good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. that she just stuck out to me. I, I take that back. She wasn't terrible. She just wasn't as good as everyone else. Can I have one of IPA? those IPA, please? I would like to try it. And I, I agree with that. I and it wasn't the fact that she was terrible. I mean, she wasn't a strong link. She wasn't a good link, but she wasn't a terrible link. She was a link. Uh, but, I mean, at the same time, I've seen movies to where, like, everybody was terrible. And if you put her in those, everybody's terrible, all of a sudden she's decent. But here, you got some pretty decent actors. I was using context. In the context of this film, she's not very good. Yeah. Okay. Um. Right. Cade's using context, and I mean, if I can act a hole around you, the least thing you can do is show me your fucking asshole. <laughs> I, I didn't say I needed that much from her. She was serviceable. She was serviceable. I mean, I was in tough turf, for Christ's sake. We didn't mess around with any of this fucking shit. Chenny knocks... You tell me you go spider, I'm fine with it, man. Chenny knocks out Miss Maelstrom with one of those martial art elbows she learned as a kid. What I loved it is As a like, kid, she was 30. What I loved about it is that the uh, Maelstrom was like, why is this working? Why are you... This is a horrible move. Yeah, because like, that's all... Remember, in Commando, that's all he taught Alyssa Milano was those elbow moves. <laughs> uh, well, right across the courtyard, the Crimson Cockroach, Yakov, is baiting Matrix Mantrix into a fight. Come on. Follow me into the... Let's party. Let's party. Meanwhile, General Kirby confronts Dr. Mendel. Why, you haven't aged a day, he says. Science, Dr. Mendel goes. Science is a beautiful thing. But when Gen- I don't understand why he's doing like the chin stroke thing. He yeah, had no beard. beard. He's doing my post-chug It, it was almost like the uh, the kung fu martial art teacher with the long flowing beard where he's like, science, and pulls the beard up. Like from Kill weird. Bill Volume 2. Like Kill Bill it's Volume It's almost like two, this guy yeah. hasn't aged in 60 years and he's crazy. <laughs> Maybe he had a beard back then. <laughs> Uh, when General Lissimo shows up to defend Dr. Mendel, Kirby gives it to him straight. You've let yourself go, Doctor. You used to work for superpowers. Now you're slumming it for some third world, world tin horn, which causes General Lissimo to go, Hey, man, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, Mendel says he couldn't care less about General Lissimo and his cause. He's keen on building a super army with all these specimens sailing to Valverde on the all-male cruises. Why work for superpowers when you can be and a superpower? soon he'll be able to screw the country of Valverde. He'll have a continent of his own. Hey, man, I'm standing right here. Filled with all dudes on these cruises. <laughs> Who wants Wearing a sleeveless chain mail and nothing else. I guarantee you it's going to be a tidy continent. It's going to be organized and neat. Generalissimo doesn't like the sound of that one one bit. But when he goes to shoot what? his betraying doctor with the very gun that Mendel, Mengel. Gif- Mengel gifted him with, 
Mengel saw this coming, and the gun backfires on him and it blows Generalissimo's arm off. That's a good little practical effect. Betrayal. Dr. Mendel then injects Kirby with the mind control serum, but that's right, Kirby has already taken the antidote, so he proceeds to shoot the shit out of Dr. Mendel. But how, he asks. Kirby goes, science. I love this guy. Well, I really like that old guy. I do too. It's a beautiful thing, Kirby says, as he does that. Pa- oh, and then he does the patented Cade. He does? Science. Maybe they're fans of the podcast. Doing my post-chug beer swipe. <laughs> I'll let it slide this time. They're Texas boys, apparently. I'll let it slide. Maybe there's something to this. Maybe that's why I wouldn't respond. We're too close. Could be. He is your neighbor. We'll see. Mantrix follows Yakov into a series of warehouses before they're finally face-to-face. Ooh, that's got some citrus on that. A little bit of cantaloupe. Yeah. Uh, No, I... It is. It isn't. Le- it isn't lemon or lime. It's well, can't tell it, but yeah, I'm gonna put it towards the grapefruit. <laughs> grapefruit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of grapefruit. I will. I will slide to grapefruit. A little bit of cantaloupe. No, can't tell it. That's not a real thing. They both drop their weapons and lock fists, <laughs> and suddenly we're in a championship arm wrestling match between the two of them. And they drive their knives right into the table, and they and grab their arm wrestling. And their arm wrestling, complete with a cheesy announcer and swinging spotlights. I was waiting for, you know, Yakov to be like, I was beating guys like I this. Actually kinda, I actually, for some reason, the US flag is it hang- was stupid and I liked it. The U.S. flag is hanging behind Mantrix, the red Soviet flag behind Crimson Cockroach. There's even a live studio audience cheering them on. And a nice, sweet synth score I was in gonna the background. A- I was going to ask if this bit worked for you guys. What's the matter? KGB got you pushing too any pencils? I must break you. I thought it was like the... Predator Vision. We didn't need this. And it would have worked better if in the background you had the Rambo guy fighting that big dude from over the top doing their little arm wrestling. Oh, they were on the another yeah. table? Yeah. This didn't work for me for some reason. I didn't mind it. I actually but liked that, I mean, it. I didn't laugh at it. I, I <laughs> thought I, I thought the uh, break you part was a little bit dumb. Uh, but I, I, I enjoyed the actual scene when they okay. went over the top. Okay. I, at this point I thought it was a misstep. He does say you thought it was over the top. No, I said when they went over the top. Well, the announcer says it's capitalism versus communism. This is over the top, folks. Hearts on fire. If they got the running man voiceover guy smoking a cigarette. <laughs> His Russian counterpart. His <laughs> lover. lover. <laughs> well, should tell lies about me? <laughs> that would have been funny. All right. Well, it looks like this movie's finally getting it. Well, guess, well, guess what? Mantrix changes his grip all of a sudden, pins Yakov's hand to the table. It's over. USA wins. The Crimson Cockroach gives Mantrix a thumbs up. Okay, okay USA. USA. He walks off. He gets to live. He's the Crimson Cockroach. And, uh, and the announcer, wow, what an amazing event, uh, example of sportsmanship the Crimson Cockroach is showing right now. It would have been a little hilarious as he's walking away, he trips and like falls. Like, oh, oh, this is the way. It's not like this. I'm done. Not like this. Elsewhere, Barrett in his new high-tech bodysuit has taken Chenny hostage. She calls, Daddy! Daddy, come rescue me! Over and over again to lure Mantrix, Mantrix in. Well, but when he finally finds her, she tells him, It's a trap, Daddy. You need to get out of here. You just called me in here ad nauseum. Whatever. It would have been nice to actually show a little confusion. Like, but you just... 
That would have been nice too. Well, you, you, you just told me to come you've in. You've been screaming my name. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, it's too late as Barrett shows up in his laser-guided shoulder pads and claw arm, and he injects himself. With All right, a- hang, up, hang on before we get in here because there's a. Uh, I like what's coming up next. I really kind of wish that this suit though would have had some Christmas lights on it. Well, like at Dynamo? least it should have been more, it, it should have been more chrome because I thought they were going more for like Captain Freedoms or Captain Freedom. Yeah, that would have been oh, that would have been great. But didn't Vernon Wells, the original Bennett, wear something like this in Road Warrior? No, he had, he had no, the one shoulder so. pad and the shoulder pad. He had the football. Yeah, which I thought this yeah, was kind of referencing. The, the assless leather pants. Yeah, I thought that was kind of referencing that. I thought, I thought they were trying to reference, like, Captain Freedom. That would have been awesome, man. If that would have gone chrome, Captain Freedom. But that suit was useless. This one isn't. Because, I mean, it would have work, been, it been kind of working, cool. It's got working stuff on it. Well, I thought it would have been kind of cool later in the, the thing where, you know, if he just, like, stripped it off. I don't need this. I don't need this. I was killing guys like you with my bare hands. Well, here's where it gets really interesting. Um, he we shows up. the road warrior. Those assless pants better show up on time. <laughs> <laughs> he injects himself with a full dose of Dr. Mendel's super soldier serum. Remember, the doctor advised against that. You're not a man's man. You can't handle it. We watch as Barrett transforms into a new entity altogether. In fact, he turns into fucking 73-year-old Vernon Wells. Vernon The original Bennett Wells. from Commando. How cool is that? This Entire movie is worth it just for this payoff right here. So they decide to settle things with an old-fashioned Cincinnati pipe fight. Doctor, you're familiar with those, am I right? Cincinnati pipe fight? Yeah. Oh, that was Columbus. That was Columbus. I, I pictured the Doctor as more of Queensberry rules. Marcus Queensberry? I think I just found the name for our boy band. Cincinnati pipe fight. <laughs> What do you guys think? Oh, jeez. Eh, it'll work. I bet we could open up for 98 degrees. <laughs> I'm I was sure in a Tacoma can. pipe fight once. How'd that go? I don't want to talk about it. Well, hey, you're still here. I guess that tells the tale of the tape. <laughs> I'm not allowed back in Tacoma anymore, either. You're not missing much. Uh, so I've been told. <laughs> so, I was in uh, Topeka. I was one of those. They're all the same. But old school Barrett simply... Ben's Mantrix pipe. He's, oh got su- he's got super soldier strength now. This is so awesome. Hostages, combat drugs, body armor. Are you afraid to fright me like a real man, Barrett? Mantrix asks. Fair's fair, John. Not everybody got the huge arms. Mantrix admires his biceps. Nods like, yeah, they're big. Uh, <laughs> The monstrous abs and the rippling delts and the large package. Uh, where was I going with this? <laughs> and, they, and they cut and, to the package. And they cut to a close-up of Mantrix junk. And he shoots his claw arm at him right then and pulls, starts pulling like Dr. Octopus. Into his package. And pulls him across. Pulls him across the room. Which that actually looked pretty good. That digital arm Doc Ock thing. Um... Man boy, oh, and Mantrix. <laughs> Man boys, I love seeing Vernon Wells embrace the fun here by revisiting this classic. And he did. Gay as shit character. There's no question. They solved that riddle. Like, yeah. let's go all the way with it. And he was having fun with it. It How was, cool was that? like I said, it was entirely worth it just for this payoff. It was awesome. Well, Mantrix reaches back and starts unplugging Barrett's shoulder pad hoses, fireball style, mm-hmm. from Money Man. I was waiting for him to like, 
I, I was like, there's so many things they could they could have done every single yeah. stalker in this, mm-hmm. and they just I was like, you know, when they start doing, I'm gonna make like, this claw part of you. I know. I was just yeah, like, like they could have gone all the way with it, like done everything. I was, that's what I was waiting. Like you said, blinking lights, chrome, or when everything. he grabs his crotch, he could have done the dynamo. <laughs> that would have been nice too. Just you're right. Just a, a salad bar of every Running Man <laughs> reference in there. Um. He says, sorry, Barrett, I'm only laying pipe to you once. And then he pulls out the pipe lodged in Barrett's body, and all his intestines start pouring out of the open cavity in his chest. Now who doesn't have the guts? <laughs> That's pretty good. Barrett tells Mantrix with his dying breath that he broke his heart, and he holds up the brochure to the all-male crews. <laughs> I'll see you at the party, John. And by party, I mean hell. <laughs> oh, what a fantastic fucking cameo. It was. Can you imagine sending it this to, like... Because Vernon Wells is big on the convention scene. Yeah. So he, you can find him. Can you imagine just saying, like, dude, we want you to come back and ramp the gay up to, like, just crazy. I know you're an old man now. And he's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Let's have Let's party. Why couldn't you get Vernon Wells on the podcast? And if he ever says, I'm not sure, then you just pull out some photos of that movie I did the review of, the 2006 Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with Tony Todd that Vernon Wells was in. You're like, I Vern. (laughs) You'll do anything. Don't don't pull artistic license on me, buddy. (laughs) Anywho, Mantrix and Chenny walk out, and when General Kirby asks uh, asks him to help take out all the brainwashed homosexuals about to arrive in the... There's cruise ships full of homosexuals coming into Valverde ready to fight. He has one simple answer. No chance. End of film. This is fun, man. For for guys like us who've watched Commando 50, 100 times, who knows? Probably over 100. How, How great was this? Oh, it was. It was a lot of fun. And it's basically what we do with our little short films on a mega scale. You know, we do a, a one scene from The Expendables. We do a very abbreviated 15-minute little Predator thing. I mean, these dudes put their huevos on the table and said, we're making a whole movie of this, and we're not going to shortchange it. We are going to have effects. We're going to have props. We're going to dress everyone identical. No shortchange on wardrobe. No shortchange on, you know, finding someone that looks like this person. We're going to go back to the original film and add some scenes in there that actually visually work. It would have been the same. It would have been like if a hipster during Billy's, you know, maniacal laughing, all of a sudden, bang, it was Sonny Landon instead of me. Yes, just for a second, we got him there. God rest his soul. But yes, these guys went for it and they made a spoof parody, official, unofficial sequel to one of our favorite movies, and it's. Much like Death Kiss, I don't. I have a hard time believing this thing exists, but it does. <laughs> and we're better off for it. Four thumbs up. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Definitely. We don't do that very often. I just. I'm sorry. The Vernon cameo. Just. With that alone, my my biggest question to end on, boys, is how did this not get more press based on the concept alone? Even if it wasn't good, which it is. We're making an unofficial feature-length sequel to Commando. How does that not come across my radar? And I'm pretty good at finding stuff. Or just... How did I not know about this Just film? how 
how did the people involved with the film not promote it? Because, I mean, there you, are videos you of, throw of Barrett and Mantrix going to con- a convention and, like, people taking pictures with them. They uh, they approached um, the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy, the blue guy. Um, oh, uh, Bautista? No, uh, Henry the Seal Killer. Um, Michael Rooker? Michael yes. Rooker. They approach him because he was in uh, The Sixth Day with oh, Arnold. Yeah, so yeah. they approach him and there's some video of them and him like, Arnold, you kind of let yourself go. You look a little soft there, buddy. And <laughs> Oh, come on, quit busting. Like, the Mantrix is like, quit busting my chops, Ruka. And he takes pictures with them. Yeah. And, like, people at convention were like, they entered a costume contest at a convention, which I don't know how the Barrett didn't win that. But, I mean, they, they did some. But they, this should have been, like, San Diego Comic-Con level, like... I'm just surprised These that guys it didn't, should, as much I'm just surprised effort, that it didn't come across our channels just from Instagram feeds or 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 what. As much effort and time as this had to take. I mean, it's a real movie. Yeah. I can't believe that it, I, I was looking at another movie on Amazon Prime for us to do and this came up just as I scrolled through like 20 you might like you this. You might also like. Yeah. It, I just happened to see it was like, "Oh, it's the Commando poster with other dudes." Oh whoa! What is this shit? Like <laughs> I would never have found this thing. It's well, that's what it, it's like you said. It, it's really weird that it got to prime, and this is one of those things where it's like you know, in this day and age, I guess that, that's this is the equivalent. I mean, this is something that you know, back in the day, I would have you know, been you know, late night TV USA or something. But I mean the the. The music, uh, the 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 final song, "We Fight for Love." We fight for love. It seems like they actually used that actual song. It wasn't. It was. They it was re- really they close. Recreated they recreated it. It was just enough. But to I'm where wondering because we're so careful. Like in our hipster predator spoof, we actually had Fritz, who you're listening to tonight, FritzBeanMusic.com. Yeah. We actually had him compose an original score. I was so afraid of using yeah. actual predator music that we get kicked off YouTube and like. If you can, well, as I'm, long as you're just as long as you're enough to where you can say that you changed it and with the context of a spoof, I'm I think guessing you're okay. that applies to the movie itself. They changed well, the, the only names thing enough. I can think here is that someone with the studio saw it, watched some of it, and you know what? You're cool. Yeah, like they just maybe. Said, well, I mean, what's the difference between this and a five-minute Commando sequel on Saturday Night Live? There's not. It's satire. It's, yeah. it's you're 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 doing comedy based. It is odd that you pointed out that like through the the whole Arnold celebratory websites and everything that you didn't hear anything about it. That that is kind of weird. Yeah. It is weird. I don't know, but I liked it, and I'll I'll oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll say that. I'm, I'm kind of curious as to you know whether the Gilliam and all them from the uh, Arnold right. fans do they know this? I mean. They check it out. That we can find out. Yeah. So uh, that'll be interesting. All right, boys. Uh, it was a good one. We tend to find them every once in a while here, a little diamond in the rough. And uh, this one was not rough to watch. I like it. it I was, like it. It was good. Now we'll all head off like on that, that all-male cruise ship in the sun. Now I think we should all do some R&R and just uh, got a couple tickets to an all-male cruise. <laughs> uh, let's do it, boys. Let's do and it. And once your chain mail arrives in the, in the mail... Maybe that was the problem. 
chain mail in the mail. This is crazy. <laughs> this is craziness. Crazy. How do you like that IPA? I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, but I mean, I. I like the pills as well. Uh, it's just it's just two n- totally different beers. It is. I mean, it's just nice to have beer with flavor. <laughs> I like my German pills. Okay. I'm going to endorse the IPA. I'm going to give the pills a thumbs up because it is what it is. Right. It's a refreshing pills in your beer. It was a, it was a good yeah. German pills. I was fine with it. Four thumbs up. I and do, li- I do like, like the IPA. I do like the uh, grapefruit coming off of. So the, we're uh, all yeah, happy IPA. tonight. All thumbs up. That is rare. That's nice. That's an activity on the all-male cruise. Oh, I bet. All thumbs up. Well, before we go... Agreement, thumbs down. That's the male review in the uh, matinee. Are we all thumbs up on the band 98 Degrees? No. No. Four thumbs down. Yeah. Yeah, What about Color Me Bad? Thumbs up? Ooh! Hey, thumbs up, you guys? I adore Mia Moore. Come on, man. Mia Moore. You know it. They were on nine. I'm gonna sex you up. They were on nine two and zero. Oh. They were on nine two and zero. Oh. Donna had to sneak I'm everyone up to the room. Sex you up. That was a good one. Oh, what a uh, night! TikTok, you don't stop. TikTok, you never stop. TikTok will never stop. Well, we're not in. <laughs> we're not in Cuba. We're gonna stop probably sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, but maybe we need to start doing this show in Cuba. Well, we've got the misery factor down. Do have the misery factor in, but I do love Cuban sandwiches. Mm. I don't. I don't actually think they have those sandwiches in Cuba. And I think the doctor's right. They probably regulate the pickles. I like <laughs> lots of pickles. You can't put that many pickles on there. Oh man, you can't have those. Should have thought of that before I packed up my whole family and moved here. You mean tell me you moved here just for the sandwiches? Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good night, boys. We got two more shows to a hundred. The march continues. Um, I'm really curious to see what hundred what the hundred brings. Hundred has been planned. Hundred is I'm and not sure, what ninety nine brings. I'm not sure what ninety nine is going to bring, but uh, I know what a hundred is going to bring. So I'm kind of curious. We'll because uh, you can't slack on ninety nine. I mean, I know it's the lead up to a hundred. It's not supposed to be as Cool and spectacular. We, we don't slack on that. But I mean, come here. on. We don't slack on a damn thing. You gotta go here. strong into 100. Make 99. Uh, it's it. been a good year. I think all our shows have been pretty strong. Um, Sans this one? Or is it Sans this one? Sans. Sans. Okay. No, this was a good show. I'm glad you guys had fun. I did take French in high school. I did some French things in high school myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about French fries. Uh, Pierre, that <laughs> French foreign exchange student. Hey, so well. uh, uh, everybody. Uh, oh, thank they, were gonna you. Go on, they were going to go on a cruise thank together. You for, thank okay, you, for everybody. USA. For, <laughs> okay, USA. That's not what he said. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for joining the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast, episode 98. We will see you soon, and uh, we appreciate your support. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Sayonara, motherfuckers. I'm going to sex you up all night. Oh yeah. To learn more about the time I broke into a surplus city outlet store at three in the morning and stole forty-five pairs of Navy SEAL approved men's speedo swimming trunks, size medium, in a half-baked plan to rescue my dog from the pound where it was taken in an attempt to get me to help some very bad dudes steal the frosty recipe from the giant safe located deep 
within a local Tallahassee Wendy's. Wait, none of that makes any sense, does it? Do you think there's a chance I've been drinking heavily prior to recording this voiceover? No chance. Okay, okay. Slight chance. Alright, fine, I'm drunk. And in the meantime, to learn more about the cigars and libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit Habanos.com and RevolverBrewing.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'BrienSimple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. Go to work, get drunk, go to sleep, I